Hey guys, it's Ashley Meyer, your host of the Hero in the Mirror podcast. In these episodes, we explore what's actually possible for you. We'll cover neuroscience, a blend of life coaching, inspiration, elite performance, and simply how you can create an incredible day every day. If you're human and listening to this, then you are a creator. So grab some tea or coffee, or if you're driving, latch that seatbelt, because we're going to discover that you're already the hero in the mirror. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that this episode's going to include some really exciting news, and so just heads up on that. Uh, we're going to go deep, we're going to get personal, and as per usual, it'll just be the story, so sit back and enjoy. Danielle, you look like you're 12 years old. I don't remember. <laughs> you said, uh. <laughs> I was like, thank you. It was really funny. Hmm. I do look like I have a small head, but I'm like just farther back. No, no, no. I wasn't saying it was because you have but... a small head. You just look like a younger version of you. But honestly, so do I. I didn't do my hair today, so that might be why. I don't know why I'm fixing my hair. Ooh, yeah, let's cut that out. Okay, now it stays. All of it stays. You wanna, you wanna tell people why we're here? Uh, we are here because we have some super exciting news, um, that we've been secretly hiding. I guess hiding. Um, well, we are officially fifteen and a half weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's been a journey to get this far. Mm-hmm. I the reason I kind of paused was because you said we are and it's like that wording is interesting that I'm not carrying but like I still get to identify with you as right. being pregnant so like I think <laughs> I think you'll like this story because you know that I do this when I go when we go shopping or when I do even if it's just me I'll pull in the expecting mom's parking and I feel totally justified I'm like skirt I'm an expecting mother. <laughs> the baby's not in my body, but you know, it's neither here nor there, like coming soon. Right. Dun, 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 dun. So I'm like, this is my legit parking space. Maybe y'all can get mad about that or feel like it's wrong, but I think it's right. Well, if, if, if I'm with you, yeah, sure. Go for it. But if I'm not with you, I might be a little upset because like what? when I am eight months pregnant, AKA someone else right now, and they're in your and you're in their spot, they're gonna have to walk a, a mile to go to the grocery wow. store. You know, pregnant ladies need their exercise too. Yeah, but what if they're they have complications okay. or like medical things where they don't want to be walking more than they have to, hence the sign well parking then please tow my car if you see it but until then i'm going to continue to enjoy the fact that we are pregnant and i'm parking in the expecting mother's parking space you're terrible <laughs> like i said no, no, I, no. I even feel bad right now because I'm, i don't have any issues right now i'm not carrying an extra 25 pounds not waddling yet well but nonetheless you are pregnant yeah i know but okay so <laughs> just your interesting word choice of we are pregnant yes. <laughs> called to mind my current parking habits and maybe I'll reconsider them, but you should. Thank you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point is 
And the reason for my bringing it up was that it is a joint journey. Mm. It's something that we both share. And so I wasn't trying to just, you know, steal the parking space and like have no regard for other pregnant people. Mm -hmm. I'm just in the journey as well. And I feel like I've experienced a lot of that emotionally right alongside with you. And so sometimes it's about that. Sometimes it's like, I need to just pick up the little thing at the store, either for you or whatever we happen to need. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just faster. It's less stressful when I get to be in that, you know, little expecting mama little sign. Like it has that cute little baby on there. I just, I don't know. I'm like gravitated towards it. Maybe, maybe I can't even help it, but (laughs) I think you get the gist is that sometimes it's within the energy of being pregnant and it's not like I have a huge belly or my hormones are necessarily jacked up at higher levels, you know, but I'm certainly affected by you to that extent. And so that's my point is Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with it and it's a part of my reality. So I, I just, I use that spot. And here's a major side note. Every single time I pull in, how many people do you think are trying to park in the baby mom's little spot? Zero. One. It's none. It's just me. <laughs> Nobody's using the spot. Okay. And let's also bring this up. This is totally a tangent and not relevant, but how about those pickup spots, the stalls where there's freaking oh. 14 stalls <laughs> waiting for the people who have ordered their stuff online. Where are those people? <laughs> Because I also park in those spots. I mean, I get that. I get that 100%. It's not an exclusive like, hey, we're pregnant. I'm going to park in this spot. It's kind of like, this is dumb and no one is using this space. So I'm going to use this space. Yeah. Did I get you a little bit more? A a little bit, but. Okay, good. But. Good. (laughs) But, okay, I, I don't drive very often anymore. Um, but <laughs> sounds so weird to say, but, um, cause we're a one car family for those that don't know. Um, but the, the pregnancy expecting one, whatever, is there usually one or the one or two spots with that sign? Or is it just store, typically one? The store I'm referring to, it's just typically one. I believe there is another one on the other end of the store. Okay. But for sure. You know, I'm inconveniencing anyone who's trying to enter on that end of the store. So they could, maybe to your point, go to the other end of the store. But maybe this particular mom doesn't want to do that. Right. So, yes, there's another one available, but I believe on the one side, it's just the one spot. Okay. 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 So I'm like off the hook? Maybe a little off the hook. Okay. But I wouldn't make it a habit. (laughs) It's a total habit. (laughs) No, I'm actually committed to this. Anytime it's available, it's me. I'm pulling in. And I will even drive the wrong way to make the wide turn to get in there. But no one else is using it. So why do you need to (laughs) make it? I don't know. I don't know. I have odd parking habits. And driving habits, but that's besides the point. Well, and maybe this is a good transition into this part of our journey when it comes to driving, because our clinic when we first um, were seeking out pregnancy and growing our family, our clinic was uh, 70 miles. I think it, maybe. is it that low? Six, is it? Okay. I was thinking I it was no more idea. like seven, 
uh, 8E. Okay, it's an hour and a half drive. Yeah. However far that is. Yep. One way. So, yeah, I felt like I took on a lot of that responsibility driving, but yeah. um, anymore in caring for you, I think I've reached a point of exhaustion. Yeah. So I will ask you like, hey, can you drive? Or it's nighttime. I'm feeling sleepy. Would you drive? Because <laughs> going to the clinic, like, yeah, you know, maybe I you know. can speak to this, but like, how often do you go during a cycle or when you're, oh, when you're doing this? A lot. Definitely a lot of times driving. How many times back. per week? Um, For a while, it was every other day for, I think, like two weeks, which is mm-hmm. insane. Especially all that driving and gas. They have to spend doing that. Yeah. And just like the the worrying, but the also excitement of, oh, we got to go see what's going on. That was also fun. Mm-hmm. But also a really long drive back when things didn't go as planned. That is so true. And I... If I may disclose mm-hmm. how <laughs> I like how you just gave me permission, not knowing what I was going to say. Well, it's our journey. Might as well. Okay. Um, this kind of gets into something else and we don't need to make that left turn, but mm-hmm. I feel like on occasion the drive and not only those that were frustrating or emotionally you know, heightened, mm-hmm. but the drive <laughs> would sometimes trigger a lot of hard conversations and a lot of even hostility, I might use the word hostility toward each other. Mm. And maybe that was all coming from me. I can own that. But we would just be in a funk because we were on the drive sometimes. Are you talking about the specific drives to the to or from the clinic or just the other ones that we were on that we had taken because like going home, for example, mm-hmm. while we were on this journey? All of it. I'm, yeah. I'm speaking in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All of it. Because <clears throat> just the act of getting in the car sometimes, mm-hmm. it was with such frequency that it would just remind me of what mood I would have been in, mm-hmm. you know, at the last loss or whatever happened. Um, the last bad news. Bad news. Um, and then it was like, even without stimulus, just the fact mm-hmm. that I'm getting in the car, I'm already right. feeling some type of way. So then that leads me to treating you and talking to you in a certain way. Yeah. And then you'll respond to me with, with the, the same, same energy. energy. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. And it was, it was something that we had to navigate. Well, first of all, we had to kind of just call attention to. Right. 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 And then I think for me, I had to own my contribution to it then we start to navigate like okay what can these drives look like like let's Mm -hmm. let's do something more fun so what do we do for fun now on drives um we like to find new things um or like a certain color of things like red what what can we find that's red on our drive Mm -hmm. what else that's in a different direction. Oh, um, I am obsessed with airplanes. I guess we both are. Um, I was say, who is this I? <laughs> well, we, but we are pregnant, <laughs> but I am obsessed. You're right, but I have the app. You don't. So, okay. and you're the one driving. So, well, Red, how could I even be on the app? You're right. You're right. 
Also, is an app required to look up? No. Okay. So now how about you fill them in on what, <laughs> okay. what we're talking so about? So I am obsessed with airplanes. And every time we would see one on a, a clear day, I would track it on my app, uh, Flight Radar 24, not sponsored. How fast is it going? <laughs> What's the altitude? Where are they going? How, long, Where how are much longer are they having flight? <laughs> yeah. And you'll be like, oh, look, it's this kind of a plane or whatever. I'm like, that's so interesting. And sometimes they're <laughs> private and sometimes they're military. And you're like, oh my gosh, like all this information is just available. Yeah. So cool. And we also try to time it to where we're passing airports <laughs> when planes are coming in. Or we have also like circled back, like, oh, we're going to, we could catch this one. <laughs> we'll like just stop going wherever we're going. We'll turn back around mm -hmm. and then just find somewhere to like pull over the side of the road and watch this thing. Yes. Like just touch the ground. It's yes. the coolest moment. Agreed. So that shifted everything. Yeah, for sure. Because it was way more fun. Yeah. Yes. So in that, would you say that finding something more fun or better to talk about when you're when you're facing some emotional mm -hmm. challenges is that advisable or yeah, what other ideas do you absolutely. have absolutely but also like being i found the most useful thing was being outside of that moment where things were really stressful and having a time to step back of like what is it that i'm actually feeling and then being able to talk about it 10, 15 minutes down the road. Yeah. Like, just like getting out of that situation. Be like, hey, Ash, I need 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes. And then I would have time to process what, what it is that I'm actually feeling. Um, and then we would just talk, talk it over and, mm -hmm. and be good or better, at least. Yeah. And what about advice to those times when you're not quite sure what it is you're feeling and you, you haven't explored that or discovered what the hell is even happening inside you, you know, because hormonally there's mm -hmm. so much, but then also like, you're just, you're, you're dealing with so much real time, like loss and hopefulness and anticipation. There's also like the financial stuff that mm -hmm. was coming up for us. And so it's so much but what do you do specifically when you're like, I'm feeling so much, but I, I'm not sure which one of these stressors is causing mm -hmm. this anxiety? Um, I think just talking, maybe. Talking it out? Talking it out or sitting on it and trying to figure it out and then bringing it up again later. I like got a different day. But like, I, I feel like, you know, the questions to be asking or you, you find the questions that help trigger what it is I'm looking for. What are some of those questions? Oh, geez. I couldn't even tell you at the moment. <clears throat> because I can tell you where I was coming from in asking them. Mm -hmm. um, I just had a desire to understand your experience mm -hmm. and because it was not my own, right? I have my own experience, right. which is totally different and aside from yours, but my desire came from understanding your experience. Mm -hmm. And so then therefore my question, my, uh, my questions come from there. And I would just say, how, how is this, how's this feeling for you? But I would, instead of just saying how mm -hmm. I would, I would be like, okay, 
how are the finances feeling for you? Mm -hmm. Right. Like when we are thinking of the balance that's on our, um, on our hospital statement or whatever, like I could just say that number out loud. How are you feeling about that? And then I can kind of gauge from you. Oh shit. There's a lot of stress right now around the money because you said that you're feeling like constricted and it's just like, it's really hard. And then usually here's your tell, um, which I don't know, maybe I should not share it, but you just did it. (laughs) You get teary eyed, you get like engaged, connected, like, like your emotions, they just well up inside Mm -hmm. and then they start to like, you're not crying at this point, but it's just like, they fill your eyes. And at that point, when I'm making eye contact, I'm like, okay, I know I hit like the core point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me or something. Mm -hmm. And so then I can just explore that further and it's like, okay, maybe this is the reality and the number is bigger than we want it to be. So let's choose how we're going to deal with that for this cycle and for the next cycle. Mm -hmm. Right. Or are we even in a position to move forward for the next cycle? And if we're not, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So then I think it was just getting all of that out on the table. Right. Right. But initially it just came from a desire to know what you were carrying. Right. And I think too, that sometimes it felt like I was prying. Yep. I felt like I had a really sharp tool and I was just like in there and I felt bad for it, but I knew that I was doing it lovingly. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, this is not helping Danielle to allow her to hold all of this. So we can make these decisions more as a team. If I just get this out, I hated it in the moment. And you were so resistant. And I, it took me time also to respect those moments when you were like, Hey, I need the 10, I need the 15. Like you got to stop prying for a moment. And then I was like, okay, figure out how to apply breaks. Cause there was something for you to process. We didn't even talk about how Roma just showed up. <laughs> the dog. So, hi. Um, although, truthfully, the dogs were pivotal in being able mm. to cuddle and recover. Oh, my gosh. They're godsend for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have four. Now. And Roma's a major cuddler. Yes. We, we rely on her a lot. Yes, I am. She hears her name. <laughs> Wagging her yeah. tail. But I will say she jumps too much. Yeah. We're working on it, though. Mm-hmm. Aren't we? She's so funny. <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, so everyone needs a dog in order to... Or four or five. Okay. Or four or five dogs in order to deal with IVF. Is that true? Or infertility. Or infertility. Because I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Right. I mean, not necessarily because it didn't start out being infertility for us in the normal sense. True. Do you do you want to take our conversation in any certain direction? Is there is there something that feels important for you to bring up? I don't know. Just getting to the journey itself where we've been are you speaking like chronologically yeah i mean it makes the most sense unless you want to go backwards but no that's harder right that's much harder let's not do that to ourselves yeah i definitely need i I mean every time i talk about it lately it's just been in order 
like chronologically from start to finish because it makes most sense also it's amazing how you can even remember well, I'm, I mean <laughs> I've still got these like emotional blocks from certain cycles that I think I just was like fuck here we go again here we go again here we go again and then it was like what cycle is this <laughs> honestly I don't know I don't even know I just know that I'm gonna show up for it right is it number eight 49 whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter we're just gonna we're just gonna go again so i'm gonna pass the baton all right you're really good at the chronological and honestly i i spent so much energy being your support system mm -hmm. and just cheering you on and figuring out how to raise my own level of where i was at energetically um i could go into more on that but first the the chronological where we've been where it began um all right how far back do we want to go do you want to go to 19 2019 to the first appointment this is, this is your your moment all right share as much or share as little as you are comfortable well, with i feel like we should go with 2019 because that is the weirdest thing in the entire world to me was our first or second appointment i don't remember which I think it was our first actually. So, uh, November, um, 2022, actually a week prior to, I think, no, no, it was November 22nd. Sorry. 2019. We had our first appointment and that consisted of a, remind me what it is. The, it's just a consultation. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that one. It was the one right before that the the history and the past fail um that i thought we were gonna have to have the psychology or whatever oh shoot i forgot about that appointment <laughs> i don't remember what kind of a was it a psychology psycho psychiatrist appointment uh you so have to like <laughs> so stupid i don't even know what it is i forget the wording mm. it's because we were using donor sperm we had to get the the pass fail it's not really is a pass fail but um that's what i felt like when we were before we were going into the appointment i was like am i gonna get the am i passing grade to become a parent is what i thought it was gonna be right. or am i gonna fail and not answer the questions correctly or whatever it might have been i don't know the intent of that particular portion but it it did sound like you could either pass go in the fertility monopoly <laughs> collect your 200 dollars that no one is gonna hand you uh or not pass go but i think it i mean we were always gonna pass go though i'm not sure how people right. don't pass go but i think okay i don't think it's a pass fail so to speak but i think it's more of the if you're having depression we need to mm -hmm. help you mm -hmm. um fight that battle that or if you don't have sure. support at home or if you don't have yeah that's right like that. just kind of helping the the person or persons um in the situation to mm -hmm. navigate their journey the best that they can prior to starting it well i think that you know the professionals who work in fertility know just how uphill of a climb and how many times you, you're gonna have to pick yourself back up and to your point, you're 100% correct. Mm -hmm. 
there are there are people who struggle you know just with feeling okay on an average day Mm -hmm. and then to go through a fertility journey which has has failure moments built into it more often than you know we want Mm -hmm. so in light of you saying that i i do look back and and i'm able to appreciate that Mm -hmm that we went through that kind of, it was just like a mental check. Like, yeah, okay, are I, you guys yeah. like mentally sound? Are you, are you in a space where you're positioned to move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was also, we also had questions about adopting our child, the recall. need for the adoption um, and oh. like what resources we could uh, use for that. Um, Your memory is insane. It. <laughs> Like, sorry <laughs> this was this was like two and a half years yeah, ago I know longer it would be that. almost three now in November but it was just it was interesting I don't remember that well I guess I do like it sounds familiar I'm like oh yeah I just remember that it was a helpful um situation that I didn't think I needed to be in mm. um so then that was there. And uh, after the, the appointment with the whatever she was, doctor, we'll just call her doctor because I don't know what kind of degree she had or what her title was. But after that, I felt relieved um, just knowing what it was that they were actually there for to help us um, if we needed to. And um, mm-hmm. and then like a week later, I think we had a, an appointment, just a consult like Ashley was talking about. Um to go over the cost and what, what, um, would be done for what could be done for us. I think you had an ultrasound at that point to see where mm-hmm. your ovaries were at. Yeah. And it really was like an overview, yeah. like a big picture. Hey, here's what the process looks like. Here's a little bit of what to expect because then every appointment after that was mm-hmm. like a deep dive right? of like, okay, here's where we're at. This is exactly these are the details of what you need to do, how you need to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. But, but this particular consultation mm-hmm. was just like high level, like here's how fertility works. And, you know, in, and here are our procedures mm-hmm. and, and the things that we will do, the, the offerings that we have for you and the things that we will not do, right. like such as cause a twin pregnancy on purpose. Mm-hmm. So our clinic does not do that. Super interesting that's just their policy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, that's just something that had never crossed mm-hmm. my radar. Cause that's right. not something I think about, but you know, I have twin brothers, but a, a twin pregnancy is inherently more dangerous than just a one baby, you know, boom, singleton, a singleton. <laughs> Danielle's going to hit me with all the terms because I have learned so much. I've learned so much, probably more than I'm letting on, but, um, I, I really just went from like zero to a million, <laughs> I think, because it wasn't a journey that I was ever going to go on. Right. Aside from, you know, you, you're the reason I'm going on this journey. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So back to the chronological, yes. um, after the yeah. consult was what? so, well, the reason we did that was because we knew we wanted to start a family in the way that we wanted to do it. And, um, we just wanted to know what that was going to be, how much that was going to be money, money, money. wise. Yeah. Mm. So we had no idea. I mean, we could Google, but that's going to be 
right a wide range uh depending on the clinic and what you need to do and all that jazz so um we just kind of wanted to see what what it was going to be like and at that point we weren't married so i mean that that doesn't matter but just a a timeline of where we were Mm -hmm. um and then after that so we kind of knew what we what we were up against um and then we decided to start when did we start in 2020 what i mean i remember that we picked a donor in july that process took a long time it was eight hours don't lie what do you mean (laughs) when i had covid yes (laughs) when he tested positive had no symptoms thank you okay um (laughs) the donor process is weird i just need to say that on here (laughs) it's so freaking weird it's weird like to be in a little pamphlet brochure. <laughs> it's not. I, no, I mean you, like the dude, like oh. to be in there. And you're like, this is what I got. This is who I am. This is what my sperm look like. It's, it's And then we're just like over here flipping through. The, no. It's not even a pamphlet. Look at that one, Danielle. This one could never work, you know, for like reasons. Like you look at genetics and stuff like that. There are legitimate reasons, but- it's bizarre. Like it is. Picking a human off of a piece of paper. But it wasn't a piece of paper. It was online, to be fair. Okay. <laughs> it's an online. This, this, this analogy works just the same. Right. Okay. But what was really creepy to me was that you could hear his voice. I thought that was really cool. Because uh, there were some that were like, I was Ooh. like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I could have done without that. I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what I mean, though? There, there's some really creepy sounding guys that we would like, nope, you're out. I mean, that okay, sounds but, really bad, but I'm sure there are other reasons why we said no to them. So I'm half tempted to, like, <laughs> try to do a mock creeper oh, sperm donor applicant. <laughs> like, I gotta make my voice real low. Hey. <laughs> like, oh hey. God. I would just be like, you know you're what? You're gonna make me spit all over your um, my little guys are gonna <laughs> really come through for you. I don't know what they would say, but maybe they're just not good with the voice acting. Obviously, you aren't. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I can handle that. Here's an interesting thing, though. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I might have navigated like actually meeting the individual. Obviously, we don't want this person to be like a part of our life and a part of our kids life to the extent that you know they're gonna like grow and become 18 and then be able to choose whatever they want like that's just how we're doing it um but like had we had access to that person when we made the decision of like you're gonna be our donor it would have made me feel more comfortable to have met him right i would rather have done that than hear your creepy voice like, and I know it sounds weird because like, again, no involvement, like, you know, it's going to be our kid and they end up signing over parental rights and all of that happens at the, the sperm bank. But I don't know. I just think that you get a better read on the person instead of like, yeah, right. What can I, what can I, you know, I just feel weird about this whole process. Like, are you a good person? Is your energy like... <clears throat> you know, something compatible that like, I want to bring life into this world with, 
so these are all the inner ramblings that I didn't know were going to come out, but <laughs> I feel like it's important to say because a lot of people probably struggle with that part. Yeah. For and sure. it's just weird. So navigating weirdness, I think you just dive right in. Yeah. And I would have liked to have had a conversation, maybe even on the phone, like if that would have been a cool that way you could ask questions or just be yeah, like, yeah, because there was just kind of like a, I don't want to say scripted, but it was a, a, an answer question answer thing right. that you've heard. I honestly don't remember what, what it was, but yeah. definitely an answer to a question, of course. But well, and you make the best decision you can, right, with the information you have. But it was it was interesting because, um, like we could, if we wanted a certain hair color, mm-hmm. uh, eye color, um, the level of education, um, ethnic ethnicity. So weird. Why do um, we choose these things? I Why? mean, it's just like, just the different things that you could right. filter for. Mm-hmm. Um, See, therein lies my whole problem with the process. <laughs> but, but it's awesome though, because you get to like, create your own your perfect <clears throat> I see person both. because like if like imagine being heterosexual for a second and like you don't get to pick you didn't get, you don't get to create well, your... I mean, you did at the moment when you were like to sleep with or not to sleep with well that's the question but i'm saying you're a partner in that situation like you don't get to pick right right like, oh, you're limited to their yeah, yeah. you know options. or whatever you find out in the real world this is true but but like i think now we're crossing into the line of like (laughs) should we be able to do that and like Mm -hmm. i think for me i'm just like it is kind of cool that it is an option but it's just like i also am of the school that like i don't want to classify people right beyond what we need to because like there's so much more in the energy of who a person is and like if i can connect with you as a human, like human to human, like what are you bringing into mm-hmm. this world? How do you, how do you live your day to day life? Like, are you respectful? Are you loving? Are you, are you just like generous, or are you like the opposite of those things? That's gonna be the basis by which I make a decision, right? And rather than like, oh, you know, he's black or green right, or whatever. Right. Like, does, we're having a wicked baby that <laughs> went wicked, like really weird. You know my point, though. No, I absolutely because I like. Whenever I think of our donor, I think of, I don't care about whatever he looks like. I remember the paragraph that describes him more than anything. Which he wrote? Which I think the, well, I don't know, but it, it the, the description was using he. So I'm assuming it was a cryobank that was writing on his behalf. But who's to say that it wasn't like his input, you know? Like you could have right. said I I I I, but then they just switched it back to the right. key, you know. Right, or it could have just literally been a questionnaire of like fill in the blank right. of your favorite summer pastime when you were like ages twelve to nineteen. Right. Okay, and then it was like, you know, camp trips with my dad, and we would fish or whatever. Right. So then it was like he loves camping trips and fishing with his dad. Right. Right. Right that just came from like a blank well uh, but it's just... it's more than filtering i guess was my point being able to filter you get to know a little bit deeper than right his physical attributes true 
So I guess that's where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit deeper than physical attributes. Yes. A hundred percent. But we also, I wanted someone that would look similar to both of us, which was important to me. Right. I think all of this, this just full circle back to like no human can be boiled down and reduced to qualities. Right. Right. And so the process, I mean, it was what it was and the clinic did the best that they could Mm -hmm. to represent an individual. And then we just made the best decision. Right. And it's like, okay, let the fall, the cards fall where they're going to fall. And just, you know, that one here's donor number one, two, three, four. That's it. That's the one. Yep. And then at some point, you just live with that decision and you just say that was the right decision for yeah. us and it doesn't matter whatever happens mm-hmm. going forward. Right. So for a challenging process, it was, it was as personalized as it probably could have yeah, been. I agreed. So that was interesting. Um. So like I said before, it took us eight hours during basically a work day we did like a solid day and i was finally like (laughs) i gotta stop looking at sperm donors right i need to go do something else today yeah that was in interesting but we got how many miles did we get of that one two two the the original two sounds right Mm -hmm. yeah okay so we had two yeah we were we were like newbies and very we newbies we didn't realize some of the implications of having multiple vials and not knowing like okay how many cycles are going to be successful and then ultimately are you going to want biologically you know connected children siblings is the other word for that <laughs> <laughs> so like but sometimes donors will stop donating and mm-hmm. then you can't get their their sperm anymore and you can't make siblings but if that is important to you then that's definitely a consideration that you should Mm -hmm. take into account from the beginning and yeah it's like a way harder hit on your pocketbook (laughs) like up front right but at least you set yourself up to be able to have that option if it's important to you right yep so with that said we we did the first cycle with that donor yes and not the next correct because then we readily became aware of everything i just said and we were like okay that donor stopped stopped um yep donating donating yeah why is that word like not there anyway and so we actually chose a second sperm donor so we've been through the process twice yeah what's up but it was interesting because um well we'll loop it around again um but um so Having learned, yes, get more than two vials. How many right. did we get of the second donor? Eight. So it was a considerable jump right. in, in number of vials. Um, how much is one vial? Uh, where we got it, it was um, right around a, over just over a thousand dollars a vial. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. And one vial is good for one cycle one try so one one ivf or one iui or one intracervical insemination which is 
turkey baster mess method at home, basically. Mm. The stereotypical lesbian way of getting pregnant. <clears throat> or single parent. I didn't know that. I'm I'm now actively real time <laughs> learning what lesbian stereotypes are. I mean, I feel like that's what people think of. <clears throat> okay. But people do I it. I mean, sure. People. All people, but that I, but they they all they actually have a a cool little doohickey that's not a turkey baster, but it's the mosey baby. Um, it's like a instead of a like a medical syringe that has a little um mm-hmm. little thing or whatever. Um, it's more oval shaped, so you can push all the sperm out so it doesn't get stuck between the tip and the. Uh, the end of the the plunger. I bet and the that tip. invention right there like really boosted the success rate. Yeah, for, people. for sure. Just because, like, you know, I learned things like sperm count to blow your whole blow your whole mind. But like, yeah, your sperm count is literally higher if you can make sure that the whole vial <laughs> made its way. Yes, that just that goes without saying. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you are a plethora of medical fertility information and i know that you like read this stuff and you drink it in your morning coffee and then i just hear about it all the time and i i learn in Mm -hmm. passing yeah um we were we were to cycle two number two i don't know what you're talking about back to our journey yes cycle two Uh, we didn't even make it through cycle one yet okay go back we to got donor one. we got donor sperm and then on your next cycle mm. um start you started birth control what what is that all about tell me go figure in order to do a fertility <laughs> cycle you must first wait go on birth control <laughs> what crazy it was the weirdest thing it's crazy like like i went to the pharmacy and i was like never have i ever been on birth control because i got my gold star i've never been with a, a dude like with the exception of bible camp at 14 or whatever and we never even held hands so um technically still dating that dude because we never broke up but um that's another story <sighs> what i was saying is that um, I didn't need to be on birth control ever. Mm-hmm. So my periods were like easily regulated and I was fine. So I just, I was like pulling into the pharmacy, like, mm-hmm. uh, give me my birth control. Like for the first time ever, I'm at 30 <laughs> million years old. I'm like 32. I, think I don't know. I, feel, I just feel like I maybe should have had some experience with that, but I didn't. And so there was little blue pills. <laughs> it's like, why well, have to take this? Okay. It's a little bit, um, what's the word for like backwards when you think it's going to be a certain way, oh, but ironic that or unexpected, I think is what I was going for. I like ironic better. Okay. The irony, irony there. Yeah. Irony of trying to get pregnant. You, you have right. to stop. You were right. Yeah. So what's up with that? Why do you do that? Um, I love how I asked you and then you at, you're asking me, well, it's because, um, from my I understanding, just told a story and I, I talk know. too much. Yeah, you do. Uh- <laughs> Like your eye roll. <laughs> um, the it's basically to settle your ovaries um, and get all your follicles to be the same size because you have more than one follicle at um, each month, but you only drop one follicle slash egg 
at a time. So it's just to suppress your ovaries so that the doctors, uh, when you're doing the stimulations, um, they have more control of what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Did I explain that right? Slash well? Yeah, that's the same as my understanding. Okay. Well, and I guess at this moment where we're taking a turn for the like highly specialized medical mumbo jumbo speak. Yes. I just want to like clearly articulate that we have been through this personally many, many times over the course of let's just say two years, two and a half years, whatever. But for wherever you are in your journey, you would really, really serve yourself well to, to ask someone who is certified, somebody who knows the actual clinical answer to all your questions. We're not representing like in any way what you should do. Don't just follow what we've done. This is just like, so that you can follow our journey and kind of share in that emotional experience with us. Um, So yeah, if you, if you need like a, a gyno or like a fertility doc or somebody like we could give recommendations but Mm -hmm. absolutely seek out those people and they know exactly what what they're talking about they're going to look at your medical history and so like none of that is on the table when we're just speaking to you now so i just please 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 don't take anything that we say as like the truth um we learned so much about our bodies in this process too Mm -hmm. and so we would not have done that or been able to glean that knowledge had we not had like extensive medical panels. I mean, we had like, I don't even know how many doctors throughout Mm -hmm. the whole time. It was just like, I can't count them all on both hands, like that much medical knowledge Mm -hmm. and people like putting their attention and their expertise on our case. And like, it's just, it's indescribable to have that level of focus Mm -hmm. on what we're experiencing. And so I, I wouldn't want to shorten uh, short anybody on that right. and yeah it it costs money but but i think that i speak for both of us when i say that like we were we were just overwhelmed with how incredible our team was yeah like in the best way and and we would we would pay them more <laughs> if we could but they already <laughs> took everything <laughs> um speaking of two two points to that um our first IVF cycle. Um, how do we pay for that? Remind me, please. Because mm. I don't want to say it out loud. That is, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> it still hurts. Okay. So early on, when I was dating Danielle, I, I learned that she's a badass. And part of that was just because she is. And then, you know, second, she drove a Jeep, a Wrangler, unlimited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Drop the top. All that, all that, all that. Which by the way, you never removed your doors. And I only did that for you one time. I removed your doors a one time, remember? And you were uh, like, oh, that's so cool. I should have done this a long time ago. But no, I did it's it. It's okay, you don't remember. I'm on a tangent, so I need to loop <laughs> okay, back. Yes, please. Please tangent. But I mean loop. Lo and behold, I'm like, you're way more badass than I could have ever even imagined. Like, you're just, you're beyond. Like, I thought I was kind of cool. I'm not, comparatively. Okay, so then I go to, like, open your garage. And it legit was like this, oh, this moment. What color was your Jeep but my favorite? Lime green. Oh, 
Can we just take a moment of silence? Don't because I might cry. Okay. <laughs> Ajeep was awesome. Uh, and so his name was Martin. Of course, you know where the story is going. Um, we had to temporarily say adieu to Martin the Jeep, and and we'll welcome one back. Yeah, into not the family. Martin. Not a but, Martin. It yeah, it wouldn't be right. The name no. was like yeah. already taken. Like, like what's yeah. the word? We um, sold your Jeep. We did. Ugh. On Mark on Facebook Marketplace. We almost sold your Jeep to a minor. <laughs> <laughs> he was 18 in like five, three months or something. Yo, like but that. like last minute, I was like, Daniel, we better check this kid's <laughs> driver's <laughs> license because he's like, he sent you that picture of like this huge wad of money. I was like, cash. People just people just show up with wads of money. Okay, like I'm not gonna say no to your wad of money, right? But I do want to make sure that you're in a position to legally enter into this contract of like buying our vehicle. <laughs> he was 18 by like two months, right? It was ridiculous. It was very ridiculous. And he looked young. I was like, you don't even look old enough to be our sperm donor. But <laughs> let me check your license. And we did. <laughs> he was legit. That was a funny thing. Yeah, it was. So. Um, is that did I say everything about yes that you yes me to? yes and then I also realized that we saw we said that you started birth control but why did you start birth control if I'm the one caring mm. because in the world of fertility there's and specifically in lesbian relationships there's there's this really cool opportunity to do something called reciprocal IVF. And that just means Danielle carries an embryo that was made from my egg. So that was our first cycle. Yes, that was what we really, really wanted to do. And uh, it was really important to us because we both got a a say in in, uh, the whole pregnancy thing. Right. The whole bringing up of child because... Um, epigenetics is a thing where uh, the environment that the baby grows in um, I would my genes or my body would tell the genes what to come on or turn off Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really cool that my body had had a a physical say in what our baby would have looked like yeah and I think in in the gay community that's really really powerful just knowing that you don't have to be a biological parent. And this um, this comes into play when I talk about this current pregnancy, mm-hmm. just to like jump forward a little bit, because I think a lot of people just, they get stuck around this idea of like, you know, I'm, I'm not the biological whatever. And, and so then like, you know, I, am I even a parent or like the same level parent? And it's just like, we don't even need to go there at all. Like, absolutely, you're the parent. If you want to show up in that identity, be the parent, mm-hmm. like we see adoptive parents all day, every day showing up, like fully loving, supporting, just being the best, most nourishing thing for their children. It's like, why is that any different if you're not the biological parent? You know, it's just like, it's such an inward and selfish focus when you could choose to focus on the kid. Mm-hmm. right like does this actually affect their experience of you and how you are showing up being their parent it doesn't right you could still show up every day 
love them, challenge them, support them, grow them in such powerful ways, not having anything genetically to do with them. We see it happen every day, right? And I have people who I just, I label friends, um, mentors of mine who have grown me in ways that my parents could never have because it was not their role in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I really feel passionate about that and sharing that message because we discredit ourselves and we, we discount ourselves when we say, oh, I'm not biologically involved or whatever. It's just like, that's just a medical thing. Mm -hmm. it, it really is irrelevant. Like to the extent that you are raising a child, you have a major contributing role in their life and you support them. As long as you do that, you are their parent, mm -hmm. period. 100%. I just had to, I had to go there. I had to say that. <laughs> you sound very passionate. I love it. Yeah, I am. But it's also because I used to be of the camp that I was like, oh, I need, you know, what if I'm not? And I even struggled with the sperm donor thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, who the hell is this, you know, guy going to be like mm -hmm. in our whatever. And I'm, I was just like, that is so, it's such a limited view. It's so small-minded. It's so selfish. It makes something about me that should not be about me mm -hmm. at all. Right. It's not about me. Right? right. And there's a lot of people who they call their dad a sperm donor, even though like that's their real dad, mm -hmm. because you were a bad dad. Or a birth giver. Or a birth giver. Yes. It goes both ways. Yeah. So the biology does not make you a parent. Agreed. It's how you parent. A hundred percent. Yep. I said that. You sure did. All right. And so, I feel it too. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, and I, I also hope that it just shows up in the way that I parent. Mm -hmm. Right. Like yeah. once this tiny bean, not tiny anymore. <laughs> I think out, we're like the size of a, an apple or something right now. It's I crazy. ate one today. I ate an apple today, so that does not feel right. I don't like that you just said that. <laughs> okay, it's the size of a grapefruit. How's that? Thank you. I did not have a grapefruit today. Speaking of fruit, I want that mango upstairs tonight. <laughs> wow. We're a couple of weeks off from that, so I think we're good. From mango size? I think so, yeah. I think we have like two more weeks until avocado. What? Are, okay, I can we pause on this whole <laughs> fruit and vegetable sizing of your baby because all of these fruits sound the same size to me like you could go you could get the organic one that like did a full growth or you could get the the it's other one average come on Ugh, they're all the same like a mango is the same size as an apple it's just a little bit flatter <laughs> it's the length that they're talking about so you were no you literally were like it's a lemon and then the next week was like it's a peach i'm like that's the same size <laughs> lemon to peach to avocado these are all things that are the same am i just wrong you're wrong it it's sounds like, like we're like i think this week we're four inches from head to rump okay crown to rump putting so, it in inches that is helps. that better mm. because they're only like i think yeah. it's only like 50 like sorry 50 uh like half an inch difference each week like okay. right now okay but the fruit and veggies that they're trying to put in there like celery or broccoli or whatever it's just like i think you just want to say healthy foods 
Well, I can switch it to sweets. I don't know. Well, you know what I really liked was when it was a gummy bear because that I could get down with. And then it, it literally looked like a gummy bear on all Made me hungry too from yeah. actual gummy bears. That's a little weird. I don't know. But like size wise, okay, yeah. I can grasp that. Yeah. And a gummy bear to a lemon. Okay. Yes. Wow. Different. Very. But like even a lemon to an apple. Hmm. It's the length of. Have you seen big lemons? Or small apples? Yeah. I mean, he just pulled one from an apple tree the other day. That was tiny. That's true. It was like the size of a golf ball. Yeah. Maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. Okay. This was a major tangent, but yeah, it was it needed to come out. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it did. <laughs> if only so that I know what the hell to feed you later. Yes, because that struggle has been so real. All the things that I used to make in the kitchen are now off limits, no longer desired by Daniel's stomach. And I just, I'm trying not to take personal offense because I know that like, this is a pregnancy thing, but honestly, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't either, dude. (laughs) I try to feed you. I stock up the kitchen. You do it well. And then you'll be like, it's not Captain Crunch anymore. And I'm like, why did I get the family size? (laughs) There's a lot of cereal. (laughs) Nobody's going to eat. Two days later, where's my Captain Crunch at? <laughs> you you did a 180 back on that very rapidly. It was unexpected mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But is it gone now? It's not. Mm-hmm. You're back off. You're not eating it now. It's still upstairs. We don't it? have any Captain Crunch at home. You finished it. Yeah, I finished it. <sighs> okay. The bag was just right here before garbage day. So I could buy you Captain Crunch now. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I might have a bad day. I mean... Heck, I was eating a freaking chocolate chip muffin the other day, and I was like, which you love. Yeah. And a protein bar can do that either. And I've, I could, it's just weird. Some days it's okay, some days it's not. It's literally play by ear. Yeah. Like you try to plan things, and it's well, not like, work. yeah, because like the tilapia, I try to make tilapia. That was your idea. I know, because it sounded good. And then we made it, and I ate all of it. I couldn't even be in the kitchen. You were like, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm like, this was, you picked this dinner. This was you. Right. So then guess who's gaining all the pregnancy weight? Guess who's losing? (laughs) I'm eating good though. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're eating tilapia. You made it well. You made it. I didn't even put it on the thing yet. You seasoned it. I just had to throw it on the thing. Yeah. Okay. It was really good. Yeah, I'm glad. I just would like some some signs, some ideas, some advice, right? Yeah. Just keep the cravings coming. Like if the second you're feeling something, just be like, text me. Yeah, and I, I tried doing that, but I had to wait two weeks. Oh my gosh, not the pop rocks. <laughs> Can we get back to the journey first? Not the Pop Rock story. Okay, you can't just say the Pop Rock story and then people are like, what's the Pop Rock story? What? Oh my gosh. Isn't that that carbon dioxide candy that explodes in your mouth? Yes, yes it is. Okay, I went to like 18 stores. They didn't have it. You were asking for Pop Rocks. I bought it on Amazon. Two weeks later, you okay, bought it on I Amazon. I didn't know it wasn't going to be like... <laughs> 
stalked. By the time you got the Pop Rocks. I had one and I was done. And that's all I needed. But you bought 12. A pack of 12, I think. Mm-hmm. The variety pack. Because yeah. it was like, oh, if I can't just go to the local store and buy them, I'm just going to like do it all. Mm-hmm. Get them all. It's like $15 Pop Rocks. That's a lot. It is. Anyway, um, we're now prepared for every Pop Rock craving you're ever going to have. Yes. Probably for the rest of time. Absolutely. Except that I've been eating your Pop Rocks. Yeah, you had some last night, <laughs> but it's okay. You even ate the good one too. Cherry. How did I know? You didn't even ask. Oh. You just opened it. It was like, oh, what flavor is that? Cherry. Oh. Cherry's favorite. Now I know. <laughs> okay, back to Amazon I go. All right. No, but seriously, back, back to the journey. Yeah. So you did what 20 some odd days of of birth control. And then uh we did uh 10 days of stimulation medicine, I think. 10 or 14. I don't remember which one this was. I'd have to look at the sheet. Yeah, it seemed like the stims lasted anywhere from like nine to 12 to 14 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it just depended on the cycle mm-hmm. and how the body was responding. Yeah, let's talk about how we had to do blood work like at regular intervals so that yeah. the doctors could be like, okay, the uptake of this hormone that we're having you inject, like it's working, it's producing the desired result. Mm-hmm. Or it's not and so we're going to like double it. You're going to you're going to inject like twice as much as you have been so it was like literally like it was like a guided missile yes i kind of want to go grab the sheets real quick oh well grab the sheets and while you do that i'm going to do a restroom break so okay uh, we'll pause and be back in one second hi roll okay out and after a short break break we are back break 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 back whatever um, so I, I went upstairs and grabbed our long antagonist. No, that's not the word. Long agonist protocol. Is that how you say that? Sure. It's a medical word. And I grabbed a jacket because it's fracking cold. Yes. <laughs> so you'll notice my change of attire. Yes. Anyway, so yes. I was watching. We were talking about the first cycle. Yes. The stimulation. And offline, you were just telling me how many injections it took for this cycle. Yes. And it took 25 single Are those injections. in the butt or what? These ones are in the um, in the stomach, actually, like right around the belly button area. The mm-hmm. sub-Q is what it's called. So it's just in the skin. And I gave those to you. But what about that last one? That one is the in trigger. The so this one is really interesting, actually. Um, it's called a trigger shot because it triggers your ovaries to do like the last maturing of the eggs. And then within 36 hours, you do the egg retrieval. And then that just allows your body to fake release your, your eggs, but the, the supplier, wow, work brain, get out, um, the doctor to retrieve those. Mm -hmm. Dang. Yeah. When you when you think about maturing of eggs, I don't necessarily think about like, oh, they're in there, they're not mature, but like I suppose every month, like during the cycle, they would have to go through through a maturation process and mm-hmm. 
it's just like it's so much farther beyond what I thought was happening in the human body, like to create <laughs> life. So I just I thought that was really interesting. I was like, hold on, mm-hmm. aren't the eggs already in there? They're good to go. They're mature or whatever. No, apparently they do that as a part of their cycle. Yeah. Every month. Yeah. And um, so I also see some notes on here that you had to do some estradiol level blood draws on top of the ultrasounds and the um, shots. So that was just basically mm-hmm. um, it's a, a, dr- a hormone that tells you how how your body is reacting to the, the hormones and if you need to increase or decrease or whatever it might be um so that's another poke for you as well oh true to get that blood draw because i referred to that earlier when Mm -hmm. when i mentioned that the doctors are just meticulously tracking every single thing and Mm -hmm. we have like a chart that we're looking at right now that for anybody looking it's upside down so you can't read it but (laughs) it was literally every day of retrieval Mm -hmm. like here's what we're doing here's this medication this medication and this one and here's how much you're gonna do and at what time of the day what kind this one actually didn't have it but the other ones had what kind of um needle to use oh yeah um, the needles usually were, I think, half an inch um, in diam- or in length, 27 gauge, half inch needle, um, the injection pen. That was that one was a cool one. You'd like dial it, mm-hmm. the polystem one, and then you dial it to your dosage and then you just and then it would like click, click, yeah. click, click, click. Very click, similar click. to like an EpiPen, but yeah, but you could use it multiple times like yeah. and it would only administer like whatever you dialed it to that one was really cool i really like that one it was fun but it was a lot more steps though to get it to the right dial and like to load it you yeah. mean yeah. yeah true because the other ones were just draw it up inject or remove make the air some. bubbles yeah <laughs> inject yeah but so 25 24 injections with one trigger shot and the couple of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of those, um, they were burning or stinging. Those were that one was a really weird feeling for me. Like under the skin. Yeah. To me, like how I I um I described it was it felt like burning ants crawling all over me. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that fun. Uh, but like <clears throat> with each step and each thing you have to endure you just keep telling yourself like okay there's a baby like at the end of this Mm -hmm. like i get to have this thing (laughs) that i want right i have to endure the the burning ants right now but like okay it's only you know two minutes and then it kind of like subsides or whatever right and for some of these you could like massage the area and that would kind of alleviate some of the Mm -hmm. discomfort right but um, ultimately, this cycle we're talking about, what what ended up happening? Uh, we ended up getting one embryo that we were able to freeze for a later use um, because we were doing a, a frozen transfer, which meant that it would be frozen. And then um, depending on when I would get my next cycle start, um, I would be on not um, birth control, but it was estradiol, restrace, I guess would be the, the actual medicine. Uh two or three times a day. And then, um, five days prior to the transfer, we would go in, um, for an ultrasound to see if my 
my ovaries were doing the thing that it needed to be doing, which would be quiet um, <clears throat> and have a thick lining to, um, to help with implantation of the embryo. Um, once mm -hmm. we got that, okay, we did uh, five or six, actually it would have been six because you got the two the first day, six injections um, for you, for me in the intramuscular. So that was on like the love handle ish area, but a little bit further back towards the back. Um, that was every night um, for, until uh, 10, I think that was 10 weeks, right? 10, mm -hmm. 10 weeks gestation with a frozen embryo. Um, so that we, we did get pregnant on that one. So I think your cycle, the retrieval would have been September 9th. Um, and then we had to wait until November 2nd to transfer with me, um, which was really cool. Actually, a random fact on that was um, when we were going to our appointment, um, we got to see um, one of the, the airplanes that uh, ch chartered in Trump's um well like his entourage yeah base, ba basically that uh so mm -hmm. there was a c-17 out in dubuque airport so that was really cool to get up and close and see that like in person but that really wasn't in person until i really saw it in person everything with us <laughs> like loops back to airplanes i th i was tracking with you on the medical like we did retrieval we did transfer and la 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 and then so i'm like on that trajectory <laughs> but then you're like but i got to see a c-17 it was the first time i've seen one in real life so i it stuck <laughs> out it's the thing that you you worked on yes i i did and it's near and dear to my heart also and but i, I like, can see why i didn't know that's what you were bringing up but that was a huge moment <laughs> like that was a huge day for us so of course i'm gonna remember it yeah there was it was the day one. that we were gonna get pregnant for the first time mm -hmm. um so we did the transfer on 11 2 and then 11 11 which was veterans day um we took a home pregnancy test the day before before um our beta results which were beta hcg results which was a blood draw um we found out that we were pregnant mm -hmm. and that was an interesting process because i think it took four tests to actually get the the confirmed result because we did two digitals and they came up they kept saying like <laughs> no result no result yeah, it was just some weird universal white noise static right. or something was like come like, on so thankfully we had a a rapid result test and it came up like before i even left the bathroom i was like what it says we're pregnant and then actually it was like this is terrible i can't see it well it was terrible lighting sorry it was Two terrible thoughts. lighting but i also was <clears throat> still caught up on how much money we spent on those no result tests <laughs> because you bought like the really awesome clear blue you know expensive ones and like y'all know that you can pay a lot of money for this stuff at the store right so here we're going through one two no result no result no result i'm like i just want to know like can one of these do their job 
And I it was like, it's plastic, right. but like, come on. We've been through a million of these things. Is this a user error? Like, is there something I need <laughs> I to know. adjust? I know. Like, did I dip it in long enough? Oh my <laughs> <Too long>? goodness. <laughs> and then on top of that, like, you're already dealing with the anxiety of like, what's the result going to be? And then the test is just like, fuck you. I don't have a result. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> I just waited this agonizing two minutes for you to be like, mm, you know what? I couldn't quite tell. Right. I'm not sure. Could go either way. Could just but, go either way. Okay. But the what? the awesome part about the whole preg- the whole um, testing was that before we removed the piece of paper on the test, you remember this? You covered it. Well, because I didn't want to see the result or whatever. Yeah, I remember. Um, and we like you were so reassuring that I literally needed like in that moment, um, like no matter what the result was going to be, we got this. Like if it was negative, we'd just go again. Mm-hmm. Like there was no questions about it. Um, if it was positive, well, it was positive. <laughs> like we got this. And we'll deal with that accordingly. <laughs> yes. But like it was just so, so hopeful in that moment because like it could have been negative. And, but I knew that in my heart that that wasn't our only chance at being parents. Well, and I think my point was ultimately at every step of the way, it does not matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. If you are committed to what the outcome is going to be, what the end result is going to be. And sometimes it means letting go of the biological piece and perhaps Mm -hmm. you have to adopt. Right. Right. That could be your journey to parenthood. Mm -hmm. But whether it's a positive pregnancy, a negative one, a miscarriage, like freaking hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt because you paid for all this stuff and then like still no outcome. My point is don't hold on to all of that, but hold on to the future of what it is you're actually going for, which is parenthood and whatever mm-hmm. that ends up like looking like mm-hmm. for you, it's going to be okay. And I think that we need to find ways to welcome parenthood and whatever that's going to look like earlier than we do Mm -hmm. we spend so much time like you know defining it like i need it to be this pregnancy or within this time frame or you know so many cycles or whatever or like oh if it's just not pregnant i'm not going to be able to deal with that and it's like is that true the truth is that you're more resilient than you than you're admitting Mm -hmm. so for us it was if this says not pregnant we just need to go again right? and go again mm-hmm. and go again until we can't go again. And then, okay, let's recoup and let's talk about how, what, what ways are we going to go again? That is, that doesn't look like IVF, mm-hmm. but still go again toward the end of becoming parents. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to add in another really interesting, cool um, selflessness thing that people do in their journey that I was not aware of was that people donate their embryos to other couples that cannot get or stay pregnant. So their biological embryos are donated to other couples. Like that's just, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. It's not just eggs or or sperm that they donate. It's potential babies humans and i thought that was really 
very heartwarming to know that there's people out there that will do that for other people. Mm. Especially when it's such a journey to get that result of getting an embryo. Go lay down. And sometimes we have all types of feelings and opinions about these things, but the reality is that that getting and staying pregnant can be an uphill climb for people. And when a couple chooses to to grow their family, they want that, then most likely they would take good care of that child. Mm-hmm. You know, and in our society, I don't know if we have any standards of parenthood, like do like within the, the foster and the mm-hmm. adoption system, like surely we do. But you know, people get pregnant all day, every day, mm-hmm. you know, people who were not intending or expecting to become pre- uh, parents. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no one like, Oh, let me just make sure you check all the, all the things on the list to make sure that, okay, you are allowed to get pregnant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like sometimes, you know, it happens to 14, 15 year olds, 10 year olds or whatever, like th- these circumstances do occur. Mm-hmm. And so the point is like, we're here, we are talking about a couple that is like, taking on a financial burden to bring about a pregnancy. And so why not gift them an embryo? Mm-hmm. This, this is the way that I think about it. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think that's a really incredible thing. Yeah. And I know a couple of people that have actually received those donated embryos. Wow. Like it's, it's incredible. Like the people that are, willing to donate and those willing to adopt those embryos Mm -hmm. and it's amazing yeah and that happens um if people are done growing their family and they have frozen embryos um Mm -hmm. that they no longer want to use or um they don't feel comfortable discarding them or donating them to science so they donate them to another couple or person Mm. So just a that's really cool. A side note on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get back into the timeline yes. of where we were at. We were pregnant on Veterans Day. We found out, and then we had the HCG blood draw, and that confirmed we were pregnant. Yes. Okay. So that's at like what? Two, four four two weeks. weeks. Four, four weeks. Four. To- yeah, because you're <clears throat> the. It's silly. Because the. The, the day that you're, you become pregnant is actually the first day of your cycle. Mm-hmm. So we would have been four weeks pregnant at that, that point because it was two weeks. Like you're trip. saying it goes retroactively yes. back yes. to whatever your first day of cycle yes. was. Yeah. Okay. Just as like a reference point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So then this pregnancy lasted, if I recall, seven weeks. Yes, we, seven weeks, three days is when we found out that it was not a viable pregnancy. We ultrasound. Um, and that was brutal um, because I knew exactly what I was supposed to be looking at um, on the ultrasound, what I should be seeing, which is the little black circle or oval or whatever it was. <clears throat> and then you'd see a little gummy bear with a heartbeat, uh, which would end up being the, 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 baby um and the yolk sac um however we were only seeing i only saw the gestational um sac which is the black thing um and i think i remember seeing the the yolk sac 
but it was just tiny and you had to be on the right screen to see that. But I knew right away that it wasn't there, that it was not a viable pregnancy, but you didn't, from my re recollection, you didn't know that until she's like, I'm sorry. Ultrasound yeah, tech said, I'm sorry. I had no idea what the markers were, what we were looking for. And then, you know, just kind of reading off of your energy, I was like, oh, okay, something has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And then they immediately set you up with the doctor and you're like going into the room with them where they further explain to you like, okay, this is what our tech saw. Here's what they didn't see. Here are the markers, the things that mm -hmm. we would have liked to see today at this stage. Because the thing with, and this is something I've, I learned, the thing with an IVF pregnancy is that there's no denying when mm -hmm. conception happened. You know exactly developmentally mm -hmm. what should be happening right. with your baby. So it's like, you can't be like, oh, well, maybe we should just give it another week mm -hmm. or so, which like, you know, any other right type of pregnancy that could be the case it could just be like oh this one's not quite as far along as we thought right but fortunately or unfortunately we had too much information right and so it was like we can confirm that based on the date based on what we're seeing and not seeing this pregnancy is not viable and it will result in a miscarriage mm -hmm. um so knowing that we were gonna miscarry before we did mm -hmm. That was trippy. Okay. And that was only because we were doing um, progesterone and oil shots, which were, mm. which was keeping the, my body thinking that it was pregnant to, because it was a frozen cycle. My body didn't ovulate that cycle. So it wouldn't have known that it was pregnant. So we had to do the day, the nightly, sh nightly shots. Um, Who's we? Who's um, we there? Well, <laughs> But I had to take them. Okay, true. <laughs> to but endure your 30-minute shot prep. Tell that story. <laughs> oh, Tell boy. that story. Well, um, the first round, we had an inch and a half needle. If you want to show them what that looks like. Um, well, I do. But let's also mention that progesterone in oil is thick. quite thick. Yes. And I so mean, in order to actually inject it, the the gauge of your needle has to be a lot bigger than you're comfortable looking at like let's just say that yes this is fair. an inch and a half yeah yeah because the other ones were green yeah okay so take off the cap this thing no i don't know i feel weird about doing that here's my okay. finger okay right it's large just know that it's large an y'all can and look half. no i meant in diameter oh, but yes. yeah it's freaking long and it has to go all the way in um, yes, but you, they can, you can pull up like a chart and it will show you like the different gauges, um, gauges of needles. Yeah. So they could, you could look at how big that is, but yeah. the point is it's massive because you have to push a really thick fluid through yeah. it. And also it doesn't just like, you're done. It's not There's like doing. resistance. You gotta like, <laughs> Ooh, and then, and then like, you have to hold it hold for, for three, three seconds, yep. three seconds. And then pull it out but that oil is no joke but it's not even the oil part it's the injecting part <laughs> that that sucked because we got to the i got to the point where like hey you she was literally taking a half an hour to give to administer the shot to actually like shoot me with a shot 
Um, and what? I got to the because what was my problem? Because <laughs> you were stabbing me, your loved one, with a needle. Um, but with a needle I couldn't even look at. Yeah. Um, but the uh, it literally took half an hour, so I was like, okay, let's do a countdown. And I w- I'm obsessed with anything airplanes or rockets or space shuttles or anything that goes fast in the air, basically. Um, and so I would play a rocket launch, a space shuttle launch, and and I'd come up and so sh- hoping on one or blast off or lift off or whatever, I guess it would be lift off, um, she would inject me, but nope. Yeah, you literally would play the countdown. And then I'd make up my own countdown. And I'd be like... <laughs> I got it. Yes. I was like banging on my chest, like getting all the hype, you know, the right energy required to like stab someone. Cause it, that's what it felt like was like, I'm stabbing you. All right. In my mind. Well, I mean, you were, but it would hit like three, two, one. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. But like, I just wasn't over the hump yet right. in my mind. And so I'd run away back to the living room and be like, Nope, I got to pace the house 15 more times. Then I'd be like, you know what, Ash? This is ridiculous. This is so stupid. What are you doing? You're like wasting time. She's tired. Y'all could be asleep. Yes. Like, what's going on? I was also figure your shit out. I was also um, tired from the night before shot. <laughs> so I was like, I think 95% of the time I was sleeping when I had to wake up to do my shot um, because I was sleeping at like 830. But I think we did like a 930 shot time or something like that. Yeah, um, we tried to do it so yeah. that it would coincide like with bedtime, right. but not be too early to where we were out or we had yeah. evening things going on. But yeah, you're right. I had I had you to would, wake you up sometimes yeah. and be like, hey, I don't want to stick this <laughs> metal sharp thing in you an inch and a half unless you're awake. Are you awake? And you'd be like, oh, uh, like, yeah. You'd be like, just do it. Like the longer I would take, you get more and more angry. You'd be like, just freaking do it like quit wasting my time i want to be asleep and then i'd be like but i also reassured you that it wasn't gonna hurt because it doesn't hurt you did you did but but i'm speaking to the just how utterly ridiculous it was that i took that long no i know but i'm just telling you that i assured you it didn't hurt those times you did even though you were lying (laughs) you were lying no i I mean it wasn't great (laughs) but it wasn't unbearable like oh my god don't do it i don't want to do this i don't want to be here Right. The later two inch needles. Yeah. The Oh my God. Don't even get me started on those ones. They did hurt. Yeah. But by then, thankfully, I was so much better at like administering the shots. Yeah. Right. Three transfers later. <laughs> no, you got, you got, I think what really um, helped you was the, the injection, the stimulation medicine for me when you were, had to do those for me. I didn't like those. Yeah, you didn't mind them. Oh. But then, like, right after that, you had to start the intramuscular one. So it's like, okay, right. just another shot. Well, yeah, but times, you know, two inches right. long. Right. This but, huge, thick thing. Right. I don't know. It was, like, the quantity of shots that helped me get over it. Yeah. But I think because just the monotony of, like, cycle after cycle after cycle and sometimes the shots were not convenient right to give oh either like, let's talk about that not only were you uncomfortable or tired or like actually asleep but like i'd have something scheduled or planned or somebody's at our house and it's like 
we're not even we're not even telling people that we're trying but like i have to figure out a weird excuse to be like hey i need to leave this conversation so that i can go shoot my wife with this hormone (laughs) and then also like make it seem like i wasn't just going to do that and i had to excuse myself as well yeah we both had to like somehow come up with excuses i don't know well it wasn't that smooth this this first cycle we had to do one um at our friend's house uh right after the pool time or the hot tub time i think it was like the second day or something like that at franny's on the floor Mm, oh shit in the bathroom (laughs) yeah cold bathroom floor right after getting out of the hot tub that was awkward i forgot about that there was like Again, cycles past I know. are like just out of the memory. Right. Holy smokes. Okay. So yeah, having to just deal with shot after shot after mm-hmm. shot after cycle after cycle after shot after shot after shot. <laughs> you just kind of, you're like, okay. It's like was, no big deal anymore. I to do this. <laughs> right. And like you said, they don't put the details of what needle to use anymore because it's I don't know if it was just like people get used to it, but we did. Now we already know. It's like, oh, we got to do, you know, the follow stem or whatever. Well, I know how to load that. Like, mm-hmm. could probably do it in my sleep now. Oh, right. Menopure. All right. Let me mix that with the saline. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. By the way, that's a half incher. Like, just, you just know. Right. You've done it a million times. Yeah. And then you're just following the doctor's directives. They're like, okay, you're going to do two vials or one vial or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the main thing for me, after I got over the the hump of like, oh God, I have to administer a shot and I'm not a nurse, um, was the timing. Was like mm-hmm. really being consistent with the timing because we had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. We like moved houses and we had to say bye to one of our dogs. And it just was like, life was kind of still happening mm-hmm. while we're trying to manage this. Right. And that was hard for me. So we would like set alarms, but I don't know. It just, it felt like we were always doing them late or early or, you know, you, you do have like a window, but it's a very time sensitive thing. So we, we would just carry a lot of stress around the timing of the Mm -hmm. shots. And then there was one time when, when I was traveling and I literally had to change my flight out so that I could do the shot fly out. And then the next day we had someone helping us with the shot. But anyway, when I came in, when I flew in back from my travels, then it was like perfectly planned just in time to administer that next shot. Yeah. You were gone for what? Like 48 hours or something silly. It's insane. Like the degree to which this has altered Mm -hmm. just the way that we got to go about life, you know? Yeah. And, and all for something incredible, but like, it just was such a journey mm-hmm. of like learning what we were capable of and how we could navigate each of those challenges every single day, every single mm-hmm. night. And like, we also learned to look out for each other mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, you know, Hey, I, Danielle, I noticed that we were short on whatever, or you'd be like, can you call in the, could you pick up the prescription? And we would just like, we would tag team the whole thing. Right. Cause you would notice something was short or I would, or I'd be picking it up. Mm-hmm. And then we were constantly doing inventory, inventory, <laughs> inventory. Cause right. it's like, well, shit, I don't want to get to that time. Right. And it's like, 
I don't have the freaking needle I need. And that happened. Oh, that once. did. Oh my god. That was a trigger shot too. Oh man. Oh man, that was brutal. That and was, my mom was there for that one. Of all the shots <laughs> oh. to mess up. <laughs> it's freaking- probably that one you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. You don't sure. want to mess that one up. Because that especially with the timing of that one, for sure. Yeah. So what did we do? How do we get through that? Uh we called the pharmacy. Uh at the university and they said well what do you have on hand (laughs) this is like this is like that classic scenario where your freaking crash landed on mars and it's like you call nasa you call houston or whoever and you're you're like i'm i'm stranded we've crashed there are casualties help me get back to earth and they're like okay Give us five minutes and a list of ev- all, all your assets. Yes. What have you got? It's like, I have a blue marker, four band-aids, a, one more cheeseburger, but I already ate the bun. And You ate the bun? Three what? feet of rope. I don't know. Just making up random things. I know, things. but you said, but you already ate the Oh, bun. and I'm wearing a belt, right? But you didn't think of the belt until like three minutes in. They're yes. like, oh my God, we've already planned out all these scenarios to get you back to earth. But like, we could have used the belt right so the point is like inventory is very important yes <laughs> absolutely i feel like i just described a movie i yeah. think that was a movie yeah that sounds very movie like okay. oh someone could help me come up with what movie that was i just described <laughs> kind of i mean it kind of reminded me of martian of the martian but that really wasn't it does he call and they help him i don't remember do it's this, been so that? long time long time since i've seen that okay. it's been too long apparently but i think it was that movie Sounds right. Shall we get back into it? The nitty gritty. Found out that it wasn't going to be viable. Yeah. So we had three options. Right. We could miscarry naturally, which meant just stopping all the medicine, estrays in the shots. Um, we could take a pill to induce a miscarriage, or we could have a DNC just a surgery option. Um, and there were implications of the DNC because it could possibly scar um, and it could, um, what's the word, could prevent or could cause issues in the future trying to get pregnant. So we're like, nope, don't want to do that. Although it could have been done and you didn't have to worry about all the pain and whatever, physical pain. Well, I don't know. I don't whatever the cramping i guess um is what i was talking about um didn't want to do a pill i was like okay i'll just do the the natural way and that's what we did so that the appointment was on friday and i started miscarrying on tuesday and had the worst pain of my life on wednesday all i wanted to do was cry didn't want to work force myself to work um they Felt like I had no other option. That's a whole different story. Um, we'll never forget that day. Um, and that's all I'm going to say because it's too emotional for me to go through again. Um, but I do have something that I can share that is already written um, about the journey of that one. Um, definitely very raw. Um, and 
It was brutal. I will say that. Not even the physical part, but the emotional part. Um, I don't even know what was worse. I mean, it's all bad. Um, because I had so many plans for that child. Um, we were going to, we had plans to tell my parents that, or family members that we were pregnant on Christmas because it was, would have been 12 weeks, I think a couple of days prior to, and uh, it was going to be a great time, great, great holiday experience. And then that got ripped out from me or us. Um, and would have been a July baby, July 21st, 2021. It would have stolen my birthday. Uh, maybe. Might, it, it probably would have stolen your brother's, actually. <laughs> to be honest. It was going to snatch up one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just having all those, like, memories steal, stolen from you that you never got to experience. Mm-hmm. with that child um and having gotten yourself so hype so excited right so committed to it right because mm-hmm. you have to fully go in committed and here for it and ready that this is going to be your kid right on mm-hmm. the chance that it will be <clears throat> right and then it's almost like that build up sets you up <clears throat> for the letdown so mm-hmm. I, I guess just the more that we encountered losses, uh, I would say that we learned how to how to hold on to hope, but remain open to what was going to transpire. Mm-hmm. So be it a loss or an unexpected challenge, we would have to figure out how to hold out hope so that we could stay in our strength mm-hmm. energy going in and staying focused on that. <clears throat> All the while knowing that it might not be the cycle Mm -hmm. and how can we be okay with that right still fully hopeful still fully charging through that cycle but but holding out for like whatever is going to be it's going to be and just making peace with that part of it so i think that that this one in particular for me was a challenge because it was our first experience at that. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't yet really honed the skill of holding both Mm -hmm. the hope and the openness to like, okay, it is whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot of friends and, and loved ones tell us now, like things like it wasn't meant to be, you know, and that's, that's really hard to hear. It is extremely hard to hear it to the point where I don't want to hear it at all because I didn't get to have my my experiences with that child. That is a loss for me, for us. Right. Like, I don't care if you think it's not meant to be, but that child was mine, ours, and we could have had a, so many different memories with that child. <clears throat> and it just sucks. I don't want to hear that. It's not a phrase that anybody wants to hear. Oh yeah. That's that baby. Nope. Wasn't meant to be. That is literally a death 
that we are experiencing. Right. And I think that it is said with good intention, but it misses that that grief part, mm. the part where you spend time with the loss and you fully experience it for what it is. Mm-hmm. The more you skip over that part, the more you're not going to have processed all that emotion. Right. 100%. And that's, that is a critical <clears throat> part of going through any type of fertility is processing exactly where you are as you are there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because let's say we jump nine months ahead and we're like, well, we have a kid and it's born and it's here. That doesn't put you in the day, right? Mm -hmm. You need to experience and make decisions from within the day that you are in, the day you're currently experiencing. Mm -hmm. So for us, when it was that loss, mm -hmm. it's that's where you are at, right? It's, It's really too soon to be like, let me just pick myself up and, you know, go again like it's grieving the loss first Mm -hmm. and that's what that phrase misses right a hundred and yes hundred percent yeah okay so then what did we do what was our next um or was there something more you wanted to add there um my heart goes out to anybody that has had or will have a miscarriage my heart is a hundred percent with you and i hope you have someone to talk to with it that knows what what it is you're going through because it's not fun to go alone so if if i know you feel free to reach out because i'm here so then how long would you say it took to to be able or to be ready to even think about the next cycle or what was next Oh man. For um, you, obviously you're speaking <clears throat> to your own experience. Right. It's different for everybody. Um, I honestly don't remember when I was ready. Um, but we started to try again. Um, I feel like I feel like I wanted it right away to an extent because I wanted just to be pregnant again, to have that hope that it was right around the corner. Um, but we were able to <clears throat> do another retrieval on Ashley in April of 2021. So I, so I think it was April, I don't know, early April that we were able to do another retrieval and hopefully get some embryos. Mm-hmm. And then? And uh, we didn't get any frozen embryos. We didn't get any embryos that were gridded high enough to be frozen. So basically we paid for a cycle that resulted in nothing. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I. And where are you at now with it? I felt like I had let the team down and I, I didn't understand my body. I was like, this was totally unexpected. Like you were supposed to perform. I'm like talking to my ovaries now. I was like, you're supposed to perform or do the thing, you know, but it was just like utter disappointment that like, of course, you know, you get up to bat and you just 
swing your little heart out and you hope to like <clears throat> grab a little something on the ball, but like, you know, maybe not hit it out of the park, but like uneven hit. Yeah. So I just was like, it felt like an anti-climax mm-hmm. because it was like, well, what the heck was all that for? Right. All that, you know, mm-hmm. on top of the, like, I don't even know how to, how to feel about my body or, you know, does that mean that my body's like worthless or, you know, broken or mm-hmm. something's going on with it? And I've navigated all of those feelings too since then but but initially that's where i was Mm -hmm. and i was just i was devastated i was like this Mm -hmm. was not supposed to be like like it was supposed to be one like at least i got one before right so it's just hard when your plans when your expectations for something completely don't pan out Mm -hmm. and you're just blindsided yeah so and with every cycle we were like learning something new here mm-hmm. navigate this figure that out here's this challenge that challenge right it was like the challenge deck of cards right freaking just like dealt <laughs> dealt out mm-hmm. okay i don't want all these cards but like i'm right. getting them and um that cycle we actually used a new donor was it that one that was that one okay because we only had one the one vial and we right. wanted because we got smart yeah so that's how yeah. we used a new donor, which is actually really funny because that was the original donor that we wanted, but we had to go through an extra hoop mm-hmm. to make sure that we were able to, to use him. Right. Because he had, he was a carrier for two, for two, he was a carrier for two different diseases and we had to make sure that neither one of us had it um, in the event that we would get a embryo from Ashley and an embryo from me. Um Mm-hmm. so we had to make sure that neither one of us were a carrier for that so uh we would so we mitigated that risk of having a potential baby with that uh disease right. um which is a major benefit of this type of fertility right is that you can and you could just no right, right. Uh, well yeah you'd have to go through genetic testing if 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 both um, people had the carrier gene of it, then you could test the embryo for, right. for it. The specific embryo. And yeah. that's not to say that, you know, heterosexual couples cannot do genetic testing. Right. right. They do and they can all day, right. every day. But what I'm saying is that this type of fertility is just inherently, you're looking under the hood. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what you're already doing. So it's like, you're already asking those questions and not every hetero couple is, you know, necessarily step one going to be like, well, what are your genes looking like? Right, right, right. You know, like it happens, but I think more often than not, it's kind of like an afterthought mm-hmm. and it will just happen circumstantially. Like, oh, we, now we need fertility help. So right. now let's look into the you know, but we don't necessarily have any other option in terms right. of a biological pregnancy. So, right. It's just, you're, you're already, you're in there, you're getting the information. And so right. you, you just know, and for our donor, like that information was just readily upfront mm-hmm. available to us. Right. And uh, the genetic testing on ourselves, um, we had a bill, well, not a bill, but a, what is it? Benefits of explanation thing or whatever, the EOB from the uh, my, my doctor was, 
I think it cost like $4,999 or something. And mm-hmm. my insurance apparently covered that, which thank you. Because <laughs> I think that's the only thing that it was covered. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got that taken care of. And then you got, you had some luck with a VA on that one or mm-hmm. somebody. We yeah. had luck with that. Uh, so that was another expense yep. that we were not expecting to have. Thankfully, we didn't have it, but we could have incurred it because I didn't know the benefits or cost of the thing. I just know that we needed to do it. There's like the baseline expense of IVF, and then there's everything else that you might probably need. Right. Oh, and genetic testing was one of those things. Yeah. And ICSI for us. That was what I was going to bring up next. Yeah. Who even knows what that is? It's where the sperm doesn't naturally fertilize the egg, and so they inject it. They for technically that's still not a fertilization to get really specific, but um, that costs money to do. Right. To take a needle to be like, okay, put them together. It's, it's called hope. ICSI. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea what that says. Intracyto. You're going for it. Intracytoplasmic dissemination i don't know injection let's just say yep. the eyes injection i don't yep, know let's that go for, sure. for it anyways we can check later and whatever what is it check. what does it cost per cycle to do ICSI? oh um which is an elective thing and it was on. is it i want to say 1200 1400 maybe a cycle more than sperm yeah which makes sense because that you're literally on top of we had uh did we have i don't remember but um we can say did we have to wash it or did we get the the vial that was already washed i don't even know right now <laughs> i don't know but there's a whole lot of expenses that any that, like, sperm that does yeah. not shower I think, <laughs> I think is cause for conversation Love the you. very least, you know, like when I go days without showering, I'm like, mm, that's questionable. You should probably reconsider. But, you know, <laughs> they do, they wash the sperm. What is that? Well, they wash it from the, uh, the other, is it semen? Yeah. Semen from the sperm. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. So I get all those. These are all the terms that I never wanted to be on my podcast. (laughs) There's a list, a running list of like, you know, definitely all the S ones are on there. How many times have we said sperm? A lot. No sperm. I'm okay with sperm is like "Mm, egg sperm. Who cares? Anyways, (laughs) this is, it just goes to the point that we know way too much. We know way too much. (laughs) More than I ever thought we'd ever know. Want to know. But anyway, um, so ICSI, they literally pick one sperm, the best look, well, I, uh, I don't know, they pick a, a sperm and then inject it um, into the egg, hoping that it fertilizes and fertilizes natu- uh, normally. 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 Yeah, naturally, normally right. different. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I mean, but we could be like mini scientists, right? With our but, tiny little IVF knowledge. Also, um, depending, I think we have to do um, ICSI depending on the motility of the sperm, mm-hmm. and because our donor was frozen sperm, 
typically slows it down. And it's almost always a uh, XC situation. But if you're doing frozen too, (laughs) right? (laughs) But in heterosexual couples or couples that um, don't need a frozen sample, you could do Mm -hmm. a fresh. Like if you if you know the donor, um, right? Then you can typically might depending on their motility and everything you could just do it naturally where you just put all the sperm in with eggs and see what per, what um fertilizes normally naturally naturally without assistance yes without assistance mm-hmm. which is really cool so but either way is cool. we we it seemed like we did exceed that lovely $1,400 add-on most every time. Yeah. And so now well, one, we're two, up three. to, yeah. what cycle are we up to? So, okay. So after you I, got zero. I have to lean on you. I do not yes. know. So after so much. So after the zero embryos from Ashley, we decided to go a cheaper route than IVF. Um, the financial toll was like insane. Like yeah. up, up to that point was what? Probably 30? Probably, 40? yeah. 40? Uh, it's probably closer to 30. 30 something. Yeah. We're down a Jeep at this point. And part of a house equity. We, because of that, we cry ourselves asleep. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore. More I think about it, it's it just it makes me sad. But I also know that I'm pregnant and we wouldn't be on there without selling the Jeep. But um, so we decided to go the cheaper route and turn to my uterus and my eggs. Um, and we did the IUI um, option three times. Our, our normal plan, our original plan was doing five IUIs. So five months of trying um, because chances are uh, you should have gotten pregnant um, by then. Um, and then so we started that in June of 2021, June 13th, to be exact, day before my dad's birthday. Um, so you went with me on that one. Um, and I went, I went with on two, two out of the three. Yeah. Um, and we met our lovely nurse person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we loved her because it was on a Sunday. Um, and another thing that I don't remember why i know that um whatever random detail um and that one was not a a um successful attempt so just not pregnant yeah not no no pregnancy no and that was literally the, the two longest weeks of my life after the the injection um i was also taking was I taking medicine? It was just the five days of letrozole, wasn't it? Prior to? The yeah, the prior to and then after, afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was five days of letrozole, which is to um, mm-hmm. to help me ovulate um, within a decent amount of time because I did not have a great cycle, um, normal cycle. Um, I could have, like, a super long cycle, like, I don't know, 45, 50-day cycle really long um but this made it like a 28 30 day cycle um and then so the next one it was july 
13th, I believe. And, um, and that was the month that we moved. We were in between mm. houses. Literally homeless. <laughs> homeless. Trying to get pregnant. <laughs> yes. Which was really interesting because uh, I was doing home pregnancy tests, like what felt like all the time. They were um, filling the garbage cans. Yes. <laughs> they were the cheapy ones, though. It was all the time. I'd come home and you'd gone through like 14. It was not that bad. Come on. When, what, the first 13 <laughs> didn't satisfy you. You just needed that 14th one. Don't be lying. It was a lot. It was a lot. And we'd have them but like it was also- stashed in the van down here. We got some upstairs. Like, what? they're just, there's no shortage of pregnancy tests. And then, mind you, we're still hiding this from people. So I'm like, there's pregnancy tests all over. How are we going to keep this a secret? Oh, people are seeing the clear blue, clear blue. Like they were not the clear blue; they the were the cheapy ones. But the the worst but thing they came two in the pack. Whatever. We didn't have those. Matter. We were doing the little cheapy ones that. Oh, from the first from first response or something. The first, first at home, yeah. See, oh, look at you. But they they do have a first response though. But. We didn't get yeah. those. Yeah. But the, the the thing was that was absolutely terrible was trying to hide the medicine that is in the refrigerator that needs to be kept in the refrigerator when we are moving. Oh, shoot. Yeah. We we're just talking we about stayed, this. The other day. Because we stayed with your parents. Yeah. So we're using their fridge and it's like, well, I don't know what drawer they're going to go in or not go in. And it just like, let me just tuck this behind the cheese and hope that nobody's <laughs> wanting cheese. But everyone eats cheese right i don't know we put it we put like a bag inside of a bag or something yeah well it had to be in the bag because because it was light sensitive well yeah but i mean in terms of like no i don't disguising it uh we might have put it in uh, like a hivey bag or something i don't remember though it was scary yeah it was like at any meal your mom could be like you know what we're having for dinner (laughs) danielle's pregnant (laughs) doesn't even like that doesn't even follow but like how do you know i found your meds and then she holds them up right there was like this nightmare but just told you but it was interesting though because we weren't even using those medicines at that point but they had such a long shelf life that we were able to use it for my next cycle eventually um but so the first cycle didn't take then the second one we moved in between houses and that one was the weirdest cycle I've ever had. Um, So we moved in on the 26th in our house, that one that we're in now. And I was expecting my period on Wednesday, the 28th. Um, And I I was also taking my temperature in the morning, my basal body temperature, which is you were obsessed. I was very obsessed. You were totally into that. Um, it it tells you like based on your cycle specifically for this cycle. But based on my temperature, uh, it would tell me, oh, you're you could be pregnant or or you're ovulating or whatever it might have been at that point. Um, but my temperature was still rising. I was like, what? This is so weird. So. I decided to take a, a pregnancy test the day that I was supposed to get my, my, my cycle. And it was really, really light, but it was there. And then like an hour later, I started my cycle and I was like, what? So I go in and get my blood work. And sure enough, I was, I had, I think that at that point it was like a, 
a six. That was the six, yeah. Yeah. So anything after a five, higher than a five is technically pregnant. Um, but they want to see it over 50 at, at this point, I think. So um, still really low. Really low. But technically. Technically pregnant. pregnant. Yep. So the next couple of days I was bleeding still, but the 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 pregnancy test got darker a little bit. And uh, 48 hours after the first blood draw, it went up to a 32. They need to, they want it to see it double um, every 48 hours. So we were good, but it was still really low compared to what it should have been mm -hmm. um, at that point. It should have been around 100. And then so they we went back uh, more blood work 48 hours after that. Maybe it was that Monday because I think it was Wednesday, Friday, Monday because of the holiday or the weekend and it went down to 28 which meant another miscarriage Chem uh, they people call it a chemical pregnancy which is where you're pregnant but um it, you don't get to see the baby on the the ultrasound so you're chemically pregnant but whatever um but it's still a miscarriage um and any in any sorts of medical terms um so that was our second loss um and when we found out that we were pregnant at that point um i had we had originally set up my my work desk upstairs in what would have been the the kids room um but we found out that we were pregnant so we moved everything downstairs right away so i've been working down here entire time um, because of that one pregnancy, which I thought was interesting. So then that was then, um, so that would have been a year ago today, um, I think, when we found out that it was not hmm. going to happen on that round. And uh, another thing that was really hard was that we had uh, people coming over to help us um, move in and everything. And they were asking about our place that, oh, are you going to keep that? Or are you going to get rid of it? And the timing was not great. And it's like, um, well, we're trying to have a family and I can get pregnant. I just can't stay pregnant. Um, so that was really hard. So be mindful of what you say to people. Um, just, just know that people have life outside of what they tell you about. Um, Ooh, hold on. <laughs> Could you say that again, please? I don't know. People have a life of outside of what they tell you about, I think is something what I said. That is exactly what you said. And it needs to be heard more than twice. Okay, you can say it again for me. No, I just, I didn't want you to continue on the story without really highlighting that because we are so unaware mm. of the experience of others. And we make assumptions, not even knowing we're making assumptions. And and I, I think it's coming from a good place. Like people mm -hmm. asking about a place that, oh, y'all going to keep that, use that, whatever. Like it's nothing necessarily like mm -hmm. inherently bad malintentioned. Right. Yeah. But like just from a different vantage point, like it might not be that tactful. Right. And so just I think your point is keep that in mind. Yeah. And just 
and tread lightly perhaps and like it's it's interesting because not only were we going through what we were going through at that moment but um just the fact that like like even though we don't have kids right now that doesn't mean that we don't have people coming over and playing on them on the playset. right and it also doesn't mean that we're not going to have them in the future right So. so i mean it's a it's leaning a little bit to the right the, <laughs> structurally the, the place that is totally <laughs> needing inspection yes let's say that yeah so i mean if you were looking at it from that point but, but we have both been up there yeah yeah multiple times still stands yes okay so that's important to yes say. okay so just like structurally if you're talking about that yeah go for it whatever but like if you're talking about having kids, not having kids, just keep it to yourself and come out, come back later and see if it's still there. You know, is it really that important if we keep it or not? I mean, heck, our dog was on it. <laughs> she true. likes to play with it. That's true. It took her three attempts and she made made it up the stairs. Yeah. So like maybe it's for our dog. So what? She would do the stairs with her front paws, but forget to like do the <laughs> stairs with her back. And so it would result in her just doing this. And then she would get to the point where her back paws are touching mm-hmm. the steps and it would just like reject her. Right. But she kept trying over and over and over. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was kind of inspirational, actually. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And painful to watch. Yeah, but... I, uh, I but she finally ultimately made it up. Yeah, I didn't see that. I think I was down with COVID when she does, did that. It was the cutest thing. And then I uh, encouraged her down the slide. Aww. But she was she scared jump? like a tiny toddler. Aww. Well, she didn't know what the slide was going to do. So I went first. It's the weirdest thing when you can like demonstrate for a dog, like mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So I go down the slide and then I'm like, come here, come here, come on, come on. And she's like, uh, I just saw you do this, but still... Not that into it. Also, I'm covered in fur. I'm going to get static electricity, which she did. But she made she did it. Oh, and I try to like catch her, but she was gaining momentum. I bet. Yeah, man, that's really hard trying to grab a child from a slide before they hit the going. Yeah, I know. I did that with Ava and I was like, oh, my God, this is intense. Our friend's kid, Ava. Yes. Shout out. Yeah. Um, So that. So because I was the first pregnancy after the loss, I was really anxious at the entire time. I was not, I wanted to be hopeful, but I was also realistic. Like, Hey, this might not be the right one because it was just too many things that could go wrong knowing that how hard it is for IVF baby to stick. So that was also hard. Um, But I was, I was up cautiously optimistic i think but i was definitely wow this is a road that i didn't think i'd have to go didn't have to travel down um Mm. pregnancy after loss is real hard um so then the next one the next cycle was in september um so i had to wait to um start my cycle my natural cycle, I think, because I was technically missing. I don't know. Whatever. Um, didn't have a cycle until the 
13th of September. I remember 14th. waiting a very long time. Yeah, because I think I had to have a, a cycle after the yeah. miscarriage, if I remember correctly. Like, to make sure your body was going to clear, like, hormonally. Right. Yeah, because I had to, more blood oh, blood. yeah, 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 because I had to, with each miscarriage, I had to go back every week to see my my levels go down. That's another prick. So that you would get back down to zero. Yes, HCG yes, yes, levels. yes. Because it could mean residual some something going on residual tissue if it yeah. didn't clear all the way dang yeah. i forgot about that part that, Which that was another major concern during a miscarriage yes yeah. um yeah. and that was really hard on the, on the uh first first miscarriage because i was up to like a six thousand something mm. hcg level and you had to go back every week every week every week every week every week every week um to make sure it was going down and it was, it was just like a constant reminder of what mm-hmm. I had to go through physically, emotionally, and um, it was not fun. And it's also so the opposite of, you know, when they send you for normal blood draws, mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, you know, here's what we're looking for. And it's typically like up and up and right. up. But now it's like, you already know you're miscarrying mm-hmm. and you're like having to deal with that. and But now you're literally having to go and check that you're going down and down and down it's just like that will really mess with you psychologically yeah Yeah. and yeah and it's like oh let me give you my hundred dollars for you to check my blood because every single blood draw it was 25 dollars 100 bucks yeah with the the ones that were covered by your insurance right there for a while we were paying for the ones right straight out of pocket 100 bucks right so that was brutal um for more than emotional part of it but so then on the next cycle is like you know what we're doing something different how can I make it different so I was manifesting our child um starting with day one I wrote in my journal and I said I'm having healthy baby two term um just like basically saying that my body was able to do what it needed to do. I, everything was going to align perfectly. Uh, it was going to be twins. It was going to be healthy, smart. Wasn't going to get mad at Ashley during it because in the past I was kind of angry, upset, very vocal with it. Um, I, I blame the hormones. Um, it was, it was it was intense so i told her i'd be nice remember when i asked you am i talking to progesterone right now? <laughs> oh i hated that it's like no you're talking to me damn it <laughs> that was like things not to say <laughs> to your pregnant wife yes um who are you right now are you just all these hormones <laughs> that is not the thing that's not the right thing to say and yet you still did it <laughs> because i learned through doing it wrong yeah but i'm pretty sure you did it last week (laughs) is my point was i joking though no oh (laughs) no i don't think so but um so i was manifesting and holy shit that hurt when it didn't come true um but another thing on top of that was that the day that uh we did the the insemination we also took our dog on his last ride gave him his last burger and put him down because he had cancer bone cancer 
So it was a bittersweet moment day because we were trying to get pregnant, but we also had to end a life, unfortunately. But <coughs> but by manifesting, in my opinion, it hurt as much um, knowing that that wasn't actually happening. Like it, it felt like another physical loss that that I had to go through because I, I believed everything that I was writing. I believed it so hard that it was true. And I was like, damn, why did I do that to myself? So don't recommend. <laughs> well, but here's the part mm-hmm. of, of the conversation that is holding out hope. Right. And so to a very large extent, it is important to stay hopeful. Right, I know. Despite the very near possibility which for you it turned into a reality that you could lose mm-hmm. right right but it is that hope that keeps you going again right is it not no it is right so for like sure. to me manifesting is just like tapping into those things that you want and and experiencing them emotionally as if you already have them mm-hmm. so i could see why that would be painful but also a really really cool thing to do because it it allows you to feel the the thing before you actually have the result right so are you you're totally like terrible idea no i mean never do it again horrible no because that was i (laughs) I know that's what i said that was what i heard yeah but i think it was just because it didn't work out for me but also having yeah but but it was it did help me stay hopeful i think up until the last day that it could have. Well, and also how easily can our minds just go to the worst case, right. worst case, worst right, case, right, worst right, case. Right. And I feel like we were we were combating that mm-hmm. for so much of the time that manifesting and journaling for you was really the only opportunity mm-hmm. for you to like experience something higher, something right. more hopeful, something better mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, tears and ice cream buckets and, <laughs> you know, all of that other right, stuff. Right. 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 So it's, it's still <clears throat> both, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's the hope and holding the pain when mm-hmm. you're in it. Right. And where were you with, with everything emotionally with these three IUIs? Do you remember? Checked out. I was in denial because our journey had already far surpassed the duration that I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. I thought well, we was, should have had a kid by then. Right. I thought it was make a decision to get pregnant, go do the doctor thing, get, get the kid. Right. Because we didn't have any reason to believe that we were not right. going to be successful because we were just two females that didn't right. have sperm. So, so why would we have an issue getting and staying pregnant? Right. But then reconciling, like, okay, it's been over a year since we started. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Right. Something's happening here. Right. And we were saving money by doing that method. Mm-hmm. Right. My level of hope probably was not as high as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, it wasn't doing it in the in the dish. Right. It wasn't within the controlled environment. Right. And that part made me nervous because mm-hmm. it was really just like letting go of the outcome right. and just, you know, 
inject the sperm and just say like off you go good luck bon voyage <laughs> like make it to the destination and right. <laughs> like whatever right prayers or things that you send up mm-hmm. for that right but it was it was so different than the previous cycles right. when when we had when we had what felt like more control right even because we did i mean to an extent well, yeah. because we had at least a five-day embryo this right. we just had two of the right parts well and also you don't know like you don't know the status because right. it's all happening inside your body so it's right. like did it take were there multiple like how uh, right. what what's up am i dropping uh, yeah. an egg yeah because we we also shoot blanks every month that's i didn't true. know that's true girls can shoot blanks too <laughs> so that was where i was at <laughs> that's fair um, and i, I feel like i felt summer. that too yeah yeah um I had spent a long time really trying to support you and stay emotionally high. And then I really just like the rubber met the road and it was like, okay, Ash, you're going to need to process all this. Mm-hmm. Like you can't deny it anymore and just push through and be like, okay, we're going to go again, guys. Mm-hmm. Like at some point when you get knocked down enough times, you're like, I think I just need to take a moment to just, just be on the ground, consider all that's happened and then also make a decision about how you want to move forward from there. Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't done any of that yet. Right. Um, so, like I said, the uh, the IUIs were a cheaper option, which was $600 for the procedure and $1,000 for the sperm. So, um, although that was a, so $1,600 for roughly um, a try and after that last one and manifesting that one and not having it come to, I was literally um, living my week, my life in two week increments. I was waiting for my period to start. I was waiting on the the insemination two weeks later. I was waiting on the the positive pregnancy test or Mm -hmm. negative. Um, And I just couldn't do it emotionally. Like there was no, there was no, safeguarded knowing that hey at least I was pregnant for for five days or whatever it was um with the embryo um and so instead of doing the five we did the three I that was I could not emotionally do it anymore I had a huge breakdown we talked about that yeah and we're like because it was cheaper financially but the emotional cost was oh man uh I don't know how people do eight, nine, 10 IUIs. It's just insane. Could not do it. Um, and then at that, that like we, we got on the same page. We were on the same page and we just like, okay, let's do the egg retrieval on Danielle. So the next day, oh, I just bit my tongue. <laughs> um, the next day I called the university and we're like, hey, we're done with IUIs. Can we book an appointment for a consult with me doing the egg retrieval and the carrying? So the, I think the first time we could get in was again, November 22nd, 2021, which was three years after we started the original process. Mm-hmm. And then we had no idea how we were paying for that, but we knew that it was going to happen. Just one way or another, we were going to make it happen because it needed to happen. And 
December. Excuse me. I got hired on John Deere. And I know that they have incredible benefits. Um, but to my knowledge, they did not have infertility benefits. Um, but they had incredible benefits. It's like, okay, let's go. Um, and then we, we uh, did uh, January 22nd of this year. Why am I so good with dates? This is stupid. This is all from memory, guys. Not reading off of paper anymore or anything. Um, January 22nd, we had an ultrasound to see where my ovaries were. I think I had started birth control at that point. Yeah, I did. Everybody um, was quiet. Yeah, everybody was quiet. So I did my birth control, which was weird, um, like Ashley said. And then uh, the 28th of January, I started injections. Which this whole thing was weird because I had done two cycles. Mm -hmm. And so now we were doing all the same things on you. Right. But we also did three different protocols every cycle. True. Which was interesting. Very true. Um, <clears throat> which that's just doctors trying to figure out what's the best plan. Right. And well, the more knowledge that they got from the first retrieval. Right. right. So, um, but also <clears throat> the, my ovaries were super, super crazy. And I think we had 42 follicles from the start, which doesn't mean that we had an egg in every one of those, but um, it was a lot to track. Yeah. It was like, wow, these numbers are insane compared to yours. Yeah. Um, like, I felt like we were at the appointments like three times as long as yours. <laughs> yeah, because it was they would count, they would go through and like count them like boom, 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 boom. And I would be like, how are you counting these? Like, didn't you already count that one? And right. Like, oh, we learn how to we just learn how to count the follicles right. on the ovaries. I'm like, it looks to me like the same damn black dots. Well, right. And um, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, um, these little follicles are fluid filled sacs that have the eggs in them or could have eggs in them. And on the ultrasound, um, they they're just a black circle that grows mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> kind of like the gestational sac. But in mine, I had 42 in one or no, in both between the ovaries and when you are not stimulating your ovaries are what like a like a size a, of a tomato uh grape tomato grape tomato yes i think um and by the time you're done with injections and the trigger they are about the size of a grapefruit each um which is insane and very painful <laughs> that was brutal it wasn't that painful for me but i didn't have no 42 <laughs> no it was uh after like 12 hours after the trigger shot, I was real, real hard. You were real like, painful. Can they come and take the chicken's eggs now? Yes, please <laughs> take them all. It was so brutal. It hurt so bad. Yeah. Um, so this is when for sure we were doing every other day um, visits to um, Iowa City and uh to see the growth and everything. And, um, and then at the end, so we actually, on this one, we had my mom and 
in on it because of some reason i don't know why but she was there when we did the trigger shot Mm. and had that fiasco of which needle to use um so that was interesting she did one which was really cool she did a a shot yeah yeah was it progesterone it wasn't progesterone was it or was it um she I did like, later do a progesterone shot, but it was not that one that night. Wasn't it this one? I think, it, no, that was, no. Mm. Um, I think it was maybe, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, no, was, it, doesn't it matter. was one of them. Yeah. I think there was a looper line. <clears throat> That's kind of what I was thinking it was. Yeah. Because it was a little needle, stupid needle, insulin needle. Yeah. And she had me prep it and then she just yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so out of... That 42, we had 21 eggs um, used with ICSI, and I think 14 of, or 14 of those 21 were fertilized normally. Um, and then we had, uh, what, how many did we end up with? For I testing? think it was, uh, I want to say eight. I think it was seven. Okay, seven sounds right because I think we lost one. We lost we lost one of the ones in biopsy because at this point we decided to biopsy them so yeah. that they could get genetically tested. For chromosomes, yes. And one of the one of them collapsed due to being no, biopsy. I think it was when they went to biopsy, it was collapsed, so they couldn't do it. Okay. So either, either way. way. So then one, we yeah. had seven. <clears throat> yep. And then one, at least, came back not genetically normal. Yeah, so, so no then, hope. Then down to six. And we transferred one right away. So we had a transfer February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day. And that one was not genetically tested. So it was a fresh transfer. Um, and we did get pregnant. Um, however, that was also a, a chemical pregnancy, so um, it was not viable. Miscarriage uh, number three. Yep. Um, and that one, that one sucked because I was testing every day, so I could see the the line progression. Um, I was trying to convince you not to. I know, but you wanted to. Well, because see that. yeah, because I was hoping it was going to get darker. Mm-hmm. And like everybody else in my group that was getting darker ones um and like it was my time i deserve this we deserve this and um you were like i'm gonna test if i want to and i was like okay i'm not gonna <laughs> stop you but right and then um so it got darker and then it didn't get darker um plain and simple and so that was our third miscarriage unfortunately and then we were able to get back into it with my next cycle. Um, and we did. So within that, um, the after the retrieval, we had to um, start the progesterone and oil shots again. So five days prior to um, the transfer, we did that until we found out that it wasn't a, a viable pregnancy, I think. Um, I don't know. Oh, you know what? That was would have been the 24th because i think it was the weekend before our anniversary wedding anniversary mm-hmm. um and or it's 23rd 24th ish time frame 
So that was bittersweet because I was really looking forward to not being able to drink um, wine on our anniversary that we had bought the year prior to, um, to celebrate with. But then bittersweetly, we were able to enjoy it. Um, and so that was that was bittersweet. And then we got our genetic test results back. Yes, we got our genetic testing back. And we had to do genetic <clears throat> counseling where they advise you what it all means. Yep. On the embryos. Um, and the word you want is euploid. Yes. So we had, I don't know how, how. Which means 46 chromosomes, normal embryo. Yes. And um, they take it, they take the, the, the biopsy from the placenta, the placenta cells, not the actual embryo baby, that, what would turn into the baby. So I thought that was really cool. Fascinating that they can tell the difference at that point. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like looking at the picture, you can do- totally tell that they're two, two different things, but, mm-hmm. but knowing what, what it is, it's just incredible that they know and that. And it's so small at that stage. Well, yeah, because I think they're only taking like six, eight cells out of the, the cell. Insane. So, but they can tell, tell what it is at that point. And Roma is back with us. If you <laughs> hear me kind of, um, not for long struggling with my words. Cause I had a dog in my lap. Um, and so then we got the genetic testing back and we got, we were able to choose the embryo that we wanted based off of that. And we transferred that on my grandma Bert's, uh, birthday on March 23rd, 25th. Sorry. And, uh, it was at one eleven, I think, which was, we kept seeing ones the entire journey, like one, one, one or one, 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 one. It was just incredible at how often we were seeing it. It was like a, a sign or so we thought that it was going to work. Universal sign for hope and like, you know. You're on the right track. Yeah. Growth and just like abundant things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, various people interpret ones. I mean, right. different things, right. but Luck, it's, it's yeah. really just like whatever you are tuned into, that's mm-hmm. what it is meaning indicating for you oh and um so pausing on this on this cycle we started i started doing acupuncture oh yeah we had read that that could be helpful yeah um so we did especially for the stress that you were enduring and anxiety yeah so we did do that um it was on this on this cycle that we started it wasn't it on the Mm -hmm. march cycle no, it was it was the last cycle. Oh. It was the cycle you're currently on. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The fresh. Was it? Mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, because we had to tell Alexis that it it wasn't wasn't the cycle. I was thinking it was the second one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We we did we did a uh, acupuncture, so that was more needles that I got pricked with. <laughs> um, That's true. We should include that in our total, right? Um, I mean, it's true. It's a needle, um, but whatever. And then, so this one we tested, we got the embryo, picked it out. Yep. And this one did not take, did not even implant. So not even a little bit of hope in that one. Which was completely unexpected. Yeah, because it was genetically normal. And and we were like, we just paid for this genetic testing. Why did we do that if it wasn't even going to take? Right. So that was 
that was really, really hard to hear that it didn't stick. And, um, and then we found out that a genetically tested, genetically normal tested embryo only has a 50% chance of making it to live birth, which I was like, what? That's insane. I had no idea it was so low. Like you have a genetically normal embryo, but why isn't it here? Why isn't it sticking? But just because you have a good embryo doesn't mean that you have a good uterus at that point or whatever it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting, hard. Um, and then we had, so that was, when was that? That was 325, so April. So we started the cycle again. Um, started, and all with all these cycles we had to do, I had to do two or three pills of estrus during every, all of it. So I was literally continuously on medicine some of some type, except for when I was, um, was I ever off of it? Not that I recall, no. Because once we found out it wasn't good, We just kept going into cycles yeah. so quickly that it was like, okay, off of that protocol onto this one. Yeah. It was a change in meds, but I don't think it was ever like a. No, I don't think it was because you're doing estrace in the progesterone, but those headaches, right. From the withdrawal headaches sucked. Ugh, brutal. Um, so then we did another cycle and we transferred another euploid embryo genetically tested embryo and that was on may 1st and this is a cycle that you were talking about the you had to change your flight Mm -hmm. um to ensure that we were had someone covered for the shot because i can't do them myself um and then we did the transfer on May 3rd, and right after that, we found out that my grandma that was in the nursing home was declining and rapidly, and we should go go visit her if we wanted to talk to her before it got really bad, so we, we did that. My aunts and uncles were there, and um, so technically, I was pregnant in that moment because we had transferred the embryo and we had four generations in that in the room which was really cool um a lot more other stuff was happening elsewhere um help someone move cross country um you were out the weekend prior with that um and then two days after the transfer we Ashley and I were with my grandma that when she passed away. Um, and then we had to go through the funeral. Um, and then on Mother's Day, I was like, where 
I don't know, six days outside of the transfer or five days or something like that. So if we wanted to get a pregnant, uh, a positive, we could possibly get a positive out of it. And it was Mother's Day. I was like, okay, let's try it. Ashley was doing some work down here and I was upstairs in the morning and, and that was like, I tested. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's there. And, uh, and that was an early test. It was a very early test. And then I came upstairs to find you and you were all giggly. And I was like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. So I already knew what you did. Yeah, you did. Absolutely. And so then that one, um, it didn't get darker as quickly as I thought it should have or gotten darker at all. But again, these were the cheapy ones because I was sick and tired of spending a ton of money on on the cheap on the more expensive ones like the first response. And you know what? Just doing the cheapy ones. Didn't have a whole lot of hope, but we were pregnant at that moment, at least. Um, and then we did the blood work on Friday the 13th. A lot of 13s. <laughs> and um confirmed pregnant at at 167 i think it was something more than we'd ever reached before at the first draw yeah yeah and then the second one 48 hours later was more than doubled what we needed i was like whoa this is incredible and then we got a call saying hey we want you to come in for seven week ultrasound and i was like uh because of my miscarriage history, can we uh, come in sooner? Because I don't want to be doing these shots. If I don't need to be doing shots and I don't want to have hope that it's not going to be mm-hmm. there. And just emotionally, I need to know more sooner. And uh, they're like, yeah, let me let me talk with the nurse and we'll have the nurse call you. Okay. So five weeks, six days. Uh, we got an appointment and we got to see the heartbeat. There's a little gummy bear. And it was incredible because we weren't expecting to see a heartbeat at that point, let alone. Yeah, it was early for that. Yeah. You didn't necessarily need to see the heartbeat at that point, but we did. And it was a fast little little thing. You were going to say fast little fucker. (laughs) But I was like, mom's going to be listening to this. Sorry. Um, Ashley said it for me. Fast little fucker. Yeah, (laughs) it was. Say it again. (laughs) 164 beats per minute. or That wasn't at that point. It was was the the second appointment. Yeah, the seven weeks, six days. But still, it was like a pulse. Yeah, you could totally see it. The machine could read it. Yeah. But yeah, the next ultrasound was like 164 or something. Like that. Yeah, 164. And then um, we uh, got to, at that appointment at the 164, the seven weeks, six days, we got to graduate from the clinic, the IVF clinic, and got to get on to the local Dubuque OBGYN um, and made an appointment for. Uh, telehealth one for like 10 weeks and then ultrasound at 13 weeks which was holy hell a long time between ultrasounds that was a long wait that was a five-week wait and that was brutal and it it could have been uh 12 weeks but 
scheduling didn't allow it or something mm-hmm. so it's like oh, and to them on. you were a new patient right because we'd never been to that clinic right yeah so that was brutal um man that was bad but I also knew um that oh actually pausing before we graduate because this was a monumental moment before we got into was it the second to last one or the second one or the last one with Sarah they were both with her I know but the one that I was actually talking about where she wouldn't check the sound no the one that I cried when I saw her oh yeah that was the first okay the first we didn't know Right, the first we ultrasound. We didn't know if it took, if it was good. Right. We knew we were there early and your HCG levels were good. That was all we knew. But literally, this was the pivotal moment mm. that we had failed at that first transfer, that first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. When we saw the yolk sac, when we saw the all the, the sex stuff, no baby. So we were like super triggered, super, you know, on edge. Mm-hmm. anxious because we'd been here before so it was walking into that room knowing that you've been kicked to the ground before only like the only way is through you got to walk in the room that was that was really 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 hard mm-hmm. and i think that our our technician knew that and just in an abundance of of graciousness and just total compassion she like she held our hearts in that room and she was like we're gonna do it like whatever it is it is and we're here for it Mm -hmm. and she's literally like coaching us through just being in this room you had to get prepped for the actual Mm -hmm. ultrasound right so you went and did that and then come back to the room and she's like all right we're just gonna do it and then she just did it really fast and she said it's there she said it like so matter of fact the immediate mm-hmm. response like she's like i've already seen what i needed to see and she was like i'm not gonna make you guys wait not a moment longer than you need to mm-hmm. and we were just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> but and then um, she was like holding your hand the whole time yeah, just rubbing, rubbing like, my reassuring knee, and- yeah and uh it was before all that happened i like i was sitting in the little little chair thing cubby hole or whatever you want to call it um and in the waiting area yeah in the waiting room mm-hmm. and uh I was like please 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 be Sarah please be Sarah please be Sarah because we at this point we have like we're besties with her <laughs> like she knows our entire journey because she's been there with us and and I was like please god please 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 be Sarah because I need this woman on my team right now like, I don't need someone that's heartless right now. And doesn't know your journey. <laughs> yes. Not that people, other people on the team would be heartless, but right. it just means so much when they have had, they've experienced the moments right. with you. Right. I've shared that. Right. So, and I heard my name and I, I peeked over and I was like, I started crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do it now. Because <laughs> it was Sarah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, you know what she did after that appointment? She was like, you guys are back in whatever, a week or two weeks. And she was like, I'm going to make sure I do your scan. Mm -hmm. And she was. 
Yeah. She's like, I don't even know if I work that day, but I'm about to work that day. Yeah. I'm doing your scan. It was so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's such a good human. Yeah. Love Shout you. out to Sarah at University of Iowa. Love you, Sarah. <laughs> and everybody else on the team. Oh, man. A special shout out to you. <laughs> nope, I'm not crying. Nope, you're not. <laughs> As I'm Use my sleeve. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so that was super special. Um, and so graduated, got on to tw- 13 weeks ultrasound. And we didn't buy the Doppler at that point, did we? No, we didn't. Um, and it was such a different experience. <laughs> um, but also, no, I know that they were never on our journey with us, so they don't know how how long of a journey, how hard of a journey, how depressing of a journey it was up until this point. But um. It was just like a super matter of fact, cold process. I was gonna say cold, but I was like, is that too harsh? But well, it's kind of like that doctor that just gets his their, you know, 90 second patient and they're like, next. Right. You know, come in. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna treat you, they're gonna see you, they're gonna ask you the things, but like it's just done in a more methodical way right. and in a less kind of compassionate way. And we were so used to being held mm. and just just cared for and loved and celebrated and like having grieved with our care providers, which is like like the thought that mm. you have grieved with your provider. Like I never would have thought that's possible, but right. but it is. Right. And so we just we weren't really expecting that kind of like distant you know i'm your care provider you know they're more than capable right but it's just a totally different dynamic and feels different in the room and of Mm -hmm. course you know we just met them so we haven't established that right connection exactly but that was another challenge right and on top of that um prior to the 13-week appointment prior to the 10-week appointment um telehealth i ended up with covid oh shit (laughs) about that right you were pregnant and you actually had covid symptoms and you had a temperature of 101 degrees yeah and we were like frick where's all the tylenol in the world because you can't be having a fever while you're pregnant like that ain't good right and so also by the way you can only take tylenol when you're pregnant so i learned this so it's like, let's get all the the appropriate pills yes. and the powders and the whatever, but make sure it doesn't have acetaminophen. Make sure it doesn't have that other shit. Cause like, whether you can take it or you, you can't, like you only want to, you want to control your dose. Mm-hmm. So I learned about that yep. too. And I had to start taking as- baby aspirin for that mm. because I was COVID positive and they didn't want to risk that. I was originally supposed to start taking baby aspirin at 12 weeks according to the IVF team because of being IVF patient and pregnancy and something else. Um, They wanted just as a safeguard for preeclampsia because having an IVF pregnancy is high risk for (laughs) for it. And your first. Yeah. 
Although um, not your first pregnancy. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, so um, I started doing that. So I had to dub up my dose from one, all from zero to one to two. Um, they wanted me to start doing the two right away with the COVID. Um, so I was only two weeks away from it, but. Which I so, guess you're going to be on that. Until the end. Yeah. The whole time. Which is annoying because like, I thought I was done with the shots and the pills and the all that jazz but whatever safe if it's keeping me and my babe safe then i'm all for it but different expectation i guess so um different reality as well so um uh yeah i guess where are you at with it all now oh man i am still trying to celebrate every day that I'm pregnant. Um, we did buy a fetal Doppler that we have used a couple of times to just hear the little heartbeat. Um, just to, just, just because, um, and just kind of like a peace of mind that it's still beating. <laughs> um, but I think it's more so of just being able to hear it because we waited so long to hear it because of it was too early to do it on the ultrasound safely. So we had to wait until the 10 weeks and it was only like two seconds that we could hear it. It's um, cool to do it on our own too. Yeah. To be able to just decide like, oh, let's do it. You know, we right. don't have to go to a clinic, wait right. on someone, pay a bunch of money. Like right. it's a $50 tool that right. we can use right. whenever we want. Right. Well, let's let's clarify that. Let's say we can use it whenever Ashley can find it. <laughs> Wait, oh, the heartbeat, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's so many. I'll find it, but it's like, <laughs> it's like on the other side of your body. And I'm like, do you hear that? Like, I hear it, but it's like <laughs> far off in the distance. And I'm like, how do I move this thing so that I could like bring it in? Right. Turn it up bring it closer or whatever right. well i think it's because as of the ultrasound um the placenta was anterior instead of posterior so you're running into the baby or the the placenta and then the baby oh heck yeah i hear that placenta whoosh 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 whoosh, whoosh. i'm like get out of my way whoosh like i'm just trying to find this little fast as fuck heartbeat <laughs> Now, now I'm just saying it despite you, Cindy. I do apologize. But it was fast as fuck, though. It was 164 okay. beats. And then it's really cool because even though we can't pick it up on our Doppler, we count for 15 seconds to see how many beats per 15 seconds, I guess, and then times it by four, and it's right yeah. around the 160. So it's like, ah, that's it. That's true. Yeah. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so... On a happier note, who was the favorite one, favorite person that we've told so far in person? Whose reaction? Mm. I love them all for different reasons. I know it's like the ultimate cheese thing to say, but it's so true. Like, I love the ones that that take a moment and they stare at you like, mm. and then they're like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, really? Right. And they just need that moment for the shock. Mm -hmm. So like your friend was like that this weekend. Um, mm. Both of my brothers were like, yes, your yes. And precious for different reasons, but like just that shock moment. Oh, Alex was like that too, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, 
your mom even oh she was to so an extent precious. like i think we need to talk about her reaction you know as a standalone but but it's definitely lumped in the like mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> serious just like those moments with people it's like they let themselves go to this joyful place and like celebrating (laughs) us and that has been so comforting at the back end of this really long journey because nobody knew right you know they didn't know to like need to encourage us or or you know donate a hundred (laughs) dollars without the Right, or a thousand bucks, like whatever you want to send our way, but but we were not sharing, and so now to be able to share it and to have them immediately be like, "Oh my gosh, that's like amazing!" Right. and they just go, they're just so joyful, like on our behalf. It just right. it meant it meant a lot, and mm-hmm. and just creating little gifts, little things that we were gonna do for people, and the ways that we we're gonna tell people. Right. Um, it also was really, really special to me to go to your family reunion just and just like, up. Yep. we were like bouncing <laughs> off the walls, like trying to keep it secret from the room at large. Yeah, that was, but totally like hard. snatching up people one-on-one Yes, outside the doors that were leaving. We would, yeah, we would get really, really tactical with this and, yeah. and everyone had their own moment yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wow, you guys, like whatever it was mm-hmm. for them and and we get to hold each one of those now. You're pregnant with cheese? Oh my God. You're a great aunt. You're a great aunt. I tried, what did I try to tell her like across the table? And I she, said we're expecting our first child, I think. Or which like sounds that. nothing like cheese. <laughs> she said, what? You're pregnant with cheese? Well, but I think she was saying that we were eating too much cheese, cheese yeah. which is something I would say. Right. But I was like, oh, no, she really didn't hear us the right, right. way. And then I was like, what did we say that sounded like cheese? <laughs> so I think I went over and I just explained yeah. to her, like, what we said was not cheese, nothing to do with cheese. Daniel's <laughs> pregnant. Oh, what? Right. Like, it okay. was precious. Don't know where the cheese came, but then there was like hysterical laughing. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was fun. The same question to you. Is there one that stands out or do you just, um, I you think enjoyed it all? I for sure enjoyed it all, but I think the one that I was really hoping for at like every point of the entire journey was to get my mom excited, like surprise her with it. And this mm-hmm. one, this pregnancy would not tell her that we transferred. So mm-hmm intentionally yes intentionally which was why we were struggling to figure out how to get the shots done when you were out of state (laughs) even though she could have done it but we didn't tell her right but like having that pure shock that we're pregnant we got that moment out of her Mm -hmm. and on the inside of a cookie box yes and then she didn't give a damn about the cookies (laughs) Um, so that was really special to me because she was jumping up and down and crying and hugging and hugging and hugging and crying and so excited. It was so, so special for me, for sure. Cause I've wanted, I wanted that from day one. I wanted to surprise her. Mm-hmm. And then I think my dad, that was just so typical of him. Just, just his normal I don't even know how to explain it. 
but it's so like so dad dad like yeah but it was also very sweet because he's like did it stick so it stuck or something like that right like it was just so precious mm-hmm. well like confirming in his own way that like this is cause for celebration right, like right. It, like it, are we celebrating now is right it, yeah, yeah is it yeah. the good news that you wanted or is it the other result and we gotta right. know, do something else right yeah and then how i'm trying to remember his wording i think he was just like i think he said well congratulations mm-hmm. well congrats yeah that sounds mm-hmm. right yeah but first had to make sure pick the right cookie. <laughs> well, because you know, right? Crumble cookies are on the table. Right. You gotta make a good choice. You gotta make a strong choice before somebody else makes a choice. Oh and yeah. Then there's no more of that kind left. Right, for sure. Which he, he got first had, dibs. He did get first dibs, but he could have had all the chocolate chip because I don't even like their chocolate chip. I know I don't either. It's anything but the chocolate chip. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. I think he took a chocolate chip. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, another random tidbit. I kind of, we kind of touched on it, but um, the progesterone and oil shots, um, we had to do, we got to do them until 10 weeks pregnant on this journey this round and uh with two inch needles instead of the one and a half and uh which is where was i going with this you were gonna have me hold it up and oh i know where i was going with this was that several times i could not move my leg um because Somebody hit the uh, nerve or something. I don't know what it was. Somebody who? You. Um, I do apologize. I don't know where your nerves live in there, but I just want to show you this bag that I'm searching through. But it's not all of them, though. Because those are part of it, too. Those are the ones that we're doing rainbow with. Okay. Tell them about that. Well, these are... Because I'm trying to find the two-incher. These are the one and a half. Um, so, oh, God. Um, Look, there's a pregnancy test in here. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, pregnancy. Oh, I found one. Um, pregnancy uh, tests. Oh, God. But so the rainbow, what I was talking about, was um, freaking long that we're going to do a syringe love heart picture around um a baby onesie and then within some of them well they'll be rainbow like three of them each i think each color three <clears throat> yeah three syringes to signify each baby loss that we had within the journey because a rainbow baby which is what we're having triple rainbow to be exact um is a baby born after a storm aka miscarriage or stillbirth um so we are going to honor those pregnancies with our announcement through um the rainbow syringes that we make yeah i love it um one more thing that i forgot to mention 
Um, because of the prior miscarriages, because we were just talking about that, um, we decided to do a recurrent pregnancy loss panel. So that was another blood stick. Everything came back normal. Thankfully. So no issues. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the miscarriages were not nothing to do with what they tested for, which I don't even remember what they were at this point, but. But honestly, that was more frustrating than anything. Right. Just, because we didn't have an easy fix. Yeah, we didn't have like a, oh, that's the reason. There you go. That's it. That's why. Right. It, at every step, it was just like, oh, okay, nope, not that direction. Okay, not this, not that. Mm -hmm. And and we would just have to redirect without like, any information, any like further guidance. And right. even when we did get information, the genetic testing, right. and then we had like totally normal embryo. It didn't take. Okay, that information was useless because it didn't even take anyway. So we, right. it just was like completely an unexpected thing at every step of the way. Right. So I think if you're the one walking through it, you can expect the uncertainty and really, really beef up your support system. 100%. And, and the more people you can bring in, we weren't talking about it openly for a while um just because we chose that but then at, at some point we talked about mm -hmm. needing support and wanting to bring people in allowing people to carry us and hold us through things and ultimately that was the decision that we made but uh, the sooner that you can just bring people in on the journey the sooner you'll be supported and you'll feel like like you're not alone because you're not alone. But if you choose to go through it solo, it doesn't mean that people aren't there with you in spirit and wouldn't support you if they could, <clears throat> if they knew where you were on your journey. Right. And, and they might have not said those, um, those little playset um, uh, comments, like, are you going to keep that? Mm. So kind of mitigating those silly, unwanted um, comments. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know, just a food for thought. But I also know that it's super exciting to have a secret um, and want to share that with, with everyone when you do have that positive. But I also know how hard it is when it's a negative um, or a miscarriage or whatever it may be. I know how, how important it is for those support people to be there with you. Um, I found extra support, um, with my IVF group. So thank you girls, um, on I Iowa IVF support, uh, Facebook group. <clears throat> so shout out to you guys, ladies, whatever you want to be called. Um, so yeah, find the support. Doesn't even have to be with people in real life. Just find them. Because mm -hmm. through this journey, I've definitely made friends um, that I've never met. And I actually met one this in person this weekend um, that I would have never met if I didn't reach out. <clears throat> so. Yeah, this just goes back to the point that you don't know people who 
can empathize mm-hmm. with your experience until you start to connect right and ask people about their stories right so and um we, i was hesitant to post anything on social media because i know how hard it is about our like our a pregnancy announcement about how um how hard it is to be in our shoes at the time um and you just see a a pregnancy announcement and uh it's really hard because it's you want to be happy for them but it's a a dagger to your heart because you're not pregnant or you can't stay pregnant and uh but I'm sharing we're sharing the story because we want to give those people hope that even though your journey might be way harder and longer than you think there's hope and you can find hope in anything that that you really want. And I think it kind of goes back to the beginning where where parenthood could have looked like adopting for us. Um, like if that's what 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 road we wanted or ended up on, that would have been our, our hope. Mm-hmm. So we would have gotten there eventually, one way or another. IVF or IUI or adoption or fostering. So it's out there. Cool. Um, I know I already asked you like where you're where you're at mm, with all yes. this. I don't think I I answered that. Well, I, I think to an extent you did, mm-hmm. but you you went back to some of the details that <laughs> yeah. you wanted to cover. But um all in all, when you look at our journey how do you how do you give yourself credit for how far you've come how do i give myself credit um just knowing that i don't even know how to answer that question how do i give myself credit just being able to be in the moment that i am pregnant right now and realizing that my body is amazing and it knows exactly what it needs to do um, to support a pregnancy or not to support a pregnancy. Um, depending. Yes, depending. Um, I think that, I think that's just the craziest part about it is that my body knew that, hey, this pregnancy isn't what needs to be happening. So we're going to kick it out, so to speak. So I think that's that's a really cool, bittersweet moment to... yeah like a realization moment does that open the door to more trust in your own body oh absolutely honor more respect more love 100 percent. i thought so yeah for sure and i think it was um i realized that but i don't think i really believed it until a lot later in the journey Mm. um i i am almost positive that i mentioned that to my my friend destiny that it's amazing that her body knows what it's what it's what to do with it um or just it's it's crazy um but yeah I definitely have more self-love for my body knowing what it is doing and what it's capable of Mm -hmm. yeah and and sometimes when it's doing something that you might not understand Mm -hmm. you might not like it's just releasing and surrendering to that and just saying 
you know, trusting mm-hmm. in that because it's like a higher form of intelligence, your right. body. Yeah, 100%. And you, you don't consciously know what's up, right? Mm-hmm. We could even, we can do testing and we could like try to find out like scientifically, but mm-hmm. your body already knows. It already right. knew. It was right. already doing what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And then I feel like science is so like on the back end. Like we think about science, like, Oh, it's just like cutting edge, this like next level thing. But it's like our bodies are beyond that in so mm-hmm. many ways. Right. And I think science is trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Mm. For sure. That's a pretty cool place to, to end if you're okay with that. Yeah. Or do you want to add something else? Well, I was just going to go after birth, what that's going to look like for us. Yeah, go. Go for it. But I don't know if that should be another podcast or if. Well, absolutely. But you can like, okay. you can say more here. All right. Um, so after babies here, do January 19th. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Um, yes. Yeah, so 15 and a half weeks um, down uh, 23 and a half or something. I don't know. 24 and a half to go. Anyway, besides the point, um, we will have to go through adoption um on ashley's on ashley's behalf uh adopting her child even though she will be on the birth certificate um and that's just to um make sure that she has all the legal rights um to our child because even though she will be on the birth certificate that is just a document saying that there was a baby born doesn't provide any legal um support or anything like that to anything well it doesn't protect me as the parent yeah as a parent which is really ironic to use that word again that I've played the role that I have played in the pregnancy journey Mm -hmm. and still right I must adopt yeah, and you would have had to adopt your biological. I would have had to adopt my biological child had we done reciprocal IVF. That is true. Well, we did do it. It just didn't end up had, in the... Had we had a live birth from yes. reciprocal IVF. Yes. Yes. Which is so weird because I had no biological connection to that child. Like blood, r- red, blood. It's crazy. Related. It's crazy. Sometimes <clears throat> the law is a little bit behind. So... That's very interesting and a whole nother uh, thing that we get to uh, navigate outside of having a brand new baby. Right. So we're also in the, uh, on the, in the chat chats with a lawyer on that already. So we'll see what that looks like. Yeah. Try to be proactive. Yeah. And get all that stuff squared away yeah. long so, before it's time. Yeah. Even though so, we can't start anything really until yeah. baby is born with a birth certificate, just silly. But well, all of that to say that when you're on this journey or you want to support us or um, like just encourage people that you might know, people in your world who are experiencing fertility or just becoming parents, any kind of way. I really think that the more questions you ask Mm -hmm. just shows that you are invested in the person Mm -hmm. and that you care and it's not going to show ignorance. It's not going to be like, Oh, you know, you should have known that or whatever. It's just, you're coming from a place of concern, a place of 
you know, interest. And I, I always try to, to be patient with people who are asking me questions, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't know what we've been through. And I mean, now they know, like, to the extent that we've shared this story, but even still, like they didn't experience it. Mm -hmm. So um, just, just ask people about their journey, more about their journey and not only the journey toward parenthood, Mm -hmm. but just anything in life. And, and I hope that encourages people to connect more, to ask more and just deepen whatever connection there is. Right. Like essentially that's the whole purpose in bringing a human into the world anyway, is to, to love and grow them and nurture them. And, mm-hmm. and we get to do that to ourselves too in the process. Cause ultimately that's like the best form of parenthood is by parenting yourself and then by leading through that example. Right. Um, I will mention the asking questions part. Um, add a little thing to it was that I found it really relieving that we didn't get the, when are you guys having kids right after you got married? Because I feel like a lot of heterosexual couples that get married, that is the first thing of the next question that is asked. So hard. And I would highly recommend people not doing that um, because they might be trying or might have been trying for years and they can't get pregnant or stay pregnant. Um, And they might not want to be, they might not want to share that information. So don't ask it. So what's a, what's a higher level question to ask instead? Um, oh boy, that's a question for Ashley. Oh, it's totally like, what passions are you investing in right now? Where's your next place you guys are traveling to? Like, what are you into? What's the last thing you learned about your partner? Oh, that's good. Shit, man. It ain't just about the kids. It's not. It's like, and I think we can do better at going deeper in all of our explorations yes, and of each other. Yes, because not every couple wants to have children and right. that's okay as well. Right. So it's just added stress, added stress that's not needed to any situation yeah. to be asking about your sex life, <laughs> whatever it might be. But, right. but you know what, like, because we didn't get that question. I think I've only right. heard it once. Which is also, it, like, it doesn't, it says the same thing, mm-hmm. but for the opposite reason. Right. Because we're two women. Right. That's why we Agreed. didn't get the question. Right. Agreed. But it's because someone made that assumption that, right. oh, they wouldn't be trying or they couldn't be right. trying or whatever. Right, right, right. So, like, we're not going to ask. Double-edged sword, but, I see what you're saying. But that was my point in just asking people questions. I'm not saying ask the parenting question. I'm just saying ask questions about the people in your life. Right. Right. About their life, about their experience more than just how was your day? And then they're going to say, fine. (laughs) Right. 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 right, That is like (laughs) an intense minimization of, of the truth of where they're at. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe they're not fine, but they say fine. Right. We all do that. So it probably also is be more forthcoming with what you're going through. Mm. But rather than suffering and struggling alone. Right. Yeah. But I digress for sure. I just, I, I don't know. I've, I've appreciated the support that we did have along mm-hmm. the journey. And, and when we told people, Hey, we're, we're in, an attempt we're in a cycle so like please don't ask about this or please Mm -hmm. don't bring that up 
I feel like when we were able to communicate that, yes, that was when that expectation got honored. Yes, absolutely. And ultimately, that's my point. Yeah. Don't expect someone to honor a request that you have never made of someone. You've never articulated mm-hmm. it. You never told them, hey, don't don't bring this up for me because that's going to be a trigger. It's going to be a problem. Agreed. That's totally, yes. That should be in everything, not just fertility. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What, okay. One more piece of advice for, for anybody. You're going to sign off with this? Yes. Okay. One more advice. You better make it good. I'm saying for you. Who from me? Yes. Oh, for shit. anybody. Or what is one thing that you now know because of our journey or anything that's something positive? Gotta ha- end on a high note. I think this is a pause. This is not an end. Okay. But touche. I this is gonna come from from the financial aspect because it's an area that I've been doing a lot of growth in personally. And if someone had told me at the beginning of the journey, hey, Ash, you're going to spend $70,000 on this, I would have been like, no, I'm not. There's no way I could even find that much money. And so what I've learned is that when you're committed to something, it doesn't matter the amount or the timeline, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. You'll make the moves to set yourself up to find a way. And and I think I found belief in myself as an individual, as your, I know you don't like this word, but partner, I like this word. <laughs> well, I'm, in this context, it's okay. Okay. Thank you for giving yes. me that. Yes. Um. I just see myself as capable now because of the journey, because we've come through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say on my end is kind of to your previous comment about um, finding support, asking for support is be sure to speak up for what you need in your journey from your partner oh yeah because during the first loss I did not do that I did not do that properly and I know that we could have had a way better grieving process or I could have had a better grieving process if I just asked for what I needed from you Mm -hmm. so speak up advocate for yourself because it will be a whole different story because it got better yeah right we yeah. we dealt with that way better yeah learning what we needed yeah mm-hmm. so speak up yeah thanks for adding that yeah also thanks for being pregnant with our kids <laughs> yeah i know i'm so excited <laughs> thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and join me online where you'll get more support at facebook.com slash groups slash hero in the mirror.